Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and tonight is another Comic Talk episode. Me and Rod uh, talk a whole bunch of different comic stuff and eventually get around to discussing the icon book, Men of Wrath, written by Jason Aaron. Um, and yeah, we take our sweet-ass time getting there, so <laughs> deal with it. Uh, do you guys have some good hills where you guys go sledding? <laughs> There's this. Um, okay, so it's a state recreation area. It's. I mean, it's only a few miles away from my house. Oh, nice! And it's got all these big hills, but in like the little 70s, early 80s, something like that, they built a huge dam across between these two hills, and then they let this creek that went in there called Pleasant Creek. They let that fill up. And now it's this big fishing pond. It's like um, a no-wake lake, you know, so like they don't allow speedboats and that sort of shit in there. But um, just for fishing and stuff like that. And uh, so Lindsay was like, well, we should go out there and see if there's any good hills. And so we drove around and like a lot of them, uh, they just they've been doing this like multi-year project where they drained the lake down like quite a bit. And then they added a bunch of rock and shit around all the banks to prevent erosion. And then they built a whole bunch of structure along the bottom and stuff to make the fishing better. Okay. And it hasn't filled all the way back up yet. And so if you were to go flying down one of these hills towards the lake, you could potentially go down like 15 to 20 feet of like big giant limestone boulders before you'd hit the fucking ice. <laughs> like, it'd be rough, dude. It'd be really rough. Like like big chunks of limestone. They're like the size of like carry on luggage and bigger, you know? Ooh. Oh, it'd suck. <laughs> it's fucking steep. You know, I mean, it's tricky to just walk down it. It, it yeah. was nice out. It just makes me think of Christmas vacation when Clark uh-huh. Griswold greases up the old saucer and just flies through everything. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time there was like a around where I lived when I grew up, uh, there was a golf course and then they had like a really steep hill. And in the winter, when they got the snow on the course, people like groups of people will go over there for the sledding. And I remember we went down this one little path that someone had done and they it probably only was one other person but we saw the path so we figured we'd try it and <laughs> it was like fucking straight down 90 degrees and we hit some fucking like bump and shot down like another slope and we were like yeah we're never doing that again <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking rough i was like i thought i was gonna break something <laughs> Okay, I just came to the realization that I'm going to go back and just record a separate intro for this so we can leave the sledding talking. Because, <laughs> <Right? laughs> yeah, dude, I used to go to some shady fucking places to sled when I was a kid. Right? <laughs> like, oh, I think of some of them. It's like, how did you not die? <laughs> yeah, like, I remember I went down one that was at like a, a park or something, and I wasn't fucking thinking at all. I went down this hill, and this hill led straight down to this pole. And I fucking smoked this pole with my hip when you I smoked came out. Smoked pole, I, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, carry uh, on. No judgment. But I saw, but I saw it as I was going down, so I tried like turning 
I tried like sliding like another way. So I turned, that's how I turned sideways. And then I just drill in the pole with my hip. And I remember I just laid there for a fucking like five minutes. I could not move. <laughs> and my cousins are trying to drag me back up this hill and they, they let go or something on accident. And I just fucking go feet first back into that pole. <laughs> I damn. was so pissed. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like eight years old. and just fucking why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember once, um, there's this big hill that was around the, the gymnasium for the high school, but there really wasn't much clearance at the end of the hill to where you'd then run into the fucking brick wall of the gymnasium. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, the, you know, it was a little bit later in the season. So there'd been enough traffic going down this hill to where it was like just all ice. And so you would go down it like fucking grease lightning. And I ran and jumped face first on my sled and went down and we got way too fast <laughs> and I didn't bail off in time. So I just turned my face and just right face first into that fucking brick wall. Oh, oh, it sucked. It sucked bad, but my <laughs> face was so cold. I didn't hardly feel it, but it flattened my glasses out on one side. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that would hurt. <laughs> no, the boys had a rad time earlier. We, we took them out to this place where there's like a multi-use trail that goes through. So we just kind of had to be on the watch out to make sure that there weren't going to be any horses coming up this trail. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there were two guys on snowmobiles that, that kept going back and forth. And the last time they went by, they were like, we're lost. We're sorry. <laughs> 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 but they actually made that trail even better because they packed it down with their treads. And some yeah. of the boys were going even further. But since... Uh, horses go up this trail there's like these ruts carved into it and so going down on the sled was almost like going down like a bobsled chute okay they were having fun because it went down and then turned and if you missed the turn you were going into the trees but you know there were like (laughs) these pretty little trees yeah and and they were going down both riding together in this sled and they went into the trees a bunch of times and they were laughing hysterically the whole time (laughs) earlier at the at the gym when you're saying bobsled and i was watching like the the winter Olympics that are going on and they're showing the luge. I think it is. Okay. Yeah. And dude, that shit is fucking crazy. How fast they go. Like if I, <laughs> I felt like I would, Oh man, I like, that's the thing. Like the winter Olympics, like not one of those fucking single sports I could ever like ever, any of those things I could ever do. The only one I could do. And I feel like everyone could do it is curling. Like, like you just pissed off some curlers right there. I know, right? But like, I mean, hey, no, I'm just saying, like, I don't feel like you need to like to be a fucking like the people that are doing the luge. I feel like I'd have to fuck have incredible like reflexes and shit like that. And then like I could never do like the fucking crazy long jump skiing or any of that snowboarding or anything like that. And but I feel like anybody could just get on a curling rink or whatever they're called and like kind of figure it out. And I have much of an issue with it, but I feel like skiing and stuff would be really hard to learn. Can you play shuffleboard on ice, eh? Right? <laughs> That's really all it is. Like, everyone understands the concept of it and everything, and there's no real, like, athletic ability involved. It's just being able to slide on ice and slide a rock. Broad generalizations! You're just pissing <laughs> off Canadians left and right. What are we doing? <laughs> that's why curling's so enticing. <laughs> like everyone loves curling in the Winter Olympics. 
holy shit i like seen it before but i've never like intentionally watched it <laughs> shit, that's like the only thing i'll keep watching if it's on like I don't, I don't care to really watch like the ice skating or any of that stuff or the like any of the skiing type events but then it's like if i see curling on like i'll watch this because i know what's going on and there's, some, there's like some strategy involved in this shit it's crazy <laughs> yeah my wife will put it on the figure skating so I, I see that on sometimes yeah but can you imagine how great it would be if they did just throw regular people into the olympic games like i know i probably heard a comedian say this at some point that they that's should do I'm, it just so that it's like that's the bar that yeah. <laughs> like like that's what i'm saying like like if you try to tell me like like i think like i'm just saying like first attempt trying any of those events I couldn't do, but curling, I feel like I could because like, I mean, you tell me do this, do this luge, never done it before in my life. I'd, I'd probably die. Like, I see how fast they go down those hills and shit. It is true. I mean, the pros but, die occasionally. Yeah. So just throw in some regular guy <laughs> on the very first try. Any of the events, like any of the downhill skiing, I'd break both my legs, probably all my arms, everything. Could like, you imagine a regular person doing the jump off the ski ramp? That's what I'm saying. Like, I would kill myself. But like, if you say for a first time person, hey, try doing curling, I feel like I could attempt that and maybe not f- fail at it. <laughs> <laughs> so like i feel like i'd already be at like an advantage to like do that as my olympic sport like if i was gonna ever do a winter olympics <laughs> wouldn't it just be great if they had just a panel van that had the olympic rings on the side and they just pull up like drive-by style <laughs> and like just duck somebody school. out of a mcdonald's <laughs> just like an old school yes. <laughs> <Like a blue. laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be an olympics fucker <laughs> yeah they, they spear the one dude into the fountain and then they like kidnap the other dude from the grocery store parking lot they just smoked a grocery cart <laughs> that'd be so funny <laughs> i'd love it it would be great i mean in in every fucking sport it would be areas in fencing and immediately get the sword knocked out of their hand <laughs> <laughs> uh, gymnastics would be the best they go and hit that springboard and just go flying <laughs> i i feel like that dude on the pommel horse the time where he like missed the jump thing and just smoked the side <laughs> of it it'd be fucking great that, oh dude it looked like i heard that guy so bad because he was running full sprint just drilled it chest first in that thing. dude some of those gymnastic wipeouts are hard to watch yeah like especially like the ones when they're trying to when they land bad like when they break their legs or shit yeah. it's oh, gross yeah i can't watch if if i know a video has like a leg break or something like that in it, I, I don't watch it because i'm just like ah that's that falls in the category of shit you can't unsee yeah well, that's what happened um, back. I mean, you, I know you don't watch football or anything, but this um, happened in a like a really big game in college football, in the national title way back in like 2002. And this dude gets like their star running back gets tackled and he hurts his leg, and they, in the fast and fast motion you can't really tell what happened. So then they when they showed the replay, you see his a shoulder pad hit his knee when it was locked out straight. And he, the dude, hit him with such force that it basically hit the front of his thigh, touched his toe. Oh, he blew out fuck! All, yeah, he blew out all the ligaments in his knees, and he was going to be like a number, like a top five pick in the draft. And he took out like all this insurance and stuff on his on his body before the game, but he ended up playing in the NFL for a while. But he blew out all three of his big ligaments in his knee, 
it was fucking gross. Like the, the they show the replay live, and then the announcers are just like, "Oh, that's not good," and <laughs> they cut away from it. <laughs> it was it was bad. <laughs> Rookie's in the corner puking his guts out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's gross seeing some of those injuries, especially when like they they're showing the replay just because no one knows what happened because usually you don't catch it in fast fast motion. But then when you see them in slow motion, how bad it is, those are rough. Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> football is right? a motherfucker of a sport, you know. Yeah, well, like even basketball and some of those, like just or just any of the sports, how especially with like skiing in the Olympics because they're going down those steep hills so fast. Oh yeah. Like, most of the time, if I mean, they hardly ever crash, but usually the problem is when they do crash, it's usually going to result in a pretty bad injury. Like, I remember Lindsey Vaughn um, from the Olympics, like in her time trials or whatever, blew out like both of her legs or her whole leg or something because of the way the ski got caught when she f- crashed. Ooh. That's. <laughs> oh, man. That's. That'd be so fucking rough. <laughs> I mean, it'd be one thing to be a professional and have that happen, but then also it's on camera. And so yeah. it's like there's fucking like instant slow-mo replays of the shit, and it's like, oh, wow. Have you ever watched those people that do the, the downhill skiing, like on mountains? Yeah, like that kind of like cross-country type skiing. No, like the downhill shit. Like they fucking climb up to the top of a mountain, and then they ski or snowboard their way back down. Oh, yeah, 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 that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah, I just can't remember what they kind of consider it. Yeah, there's this dude that's got a couple documentaries on Netflix. Um, oh, of course, his name fucking escapes me right now. I'll look it up. Um, but they're called Deeper and Further, I think. And they follow him on like just kind of like his everyday life. And it kind of fills in on his history and stuff where he, as a kid, he got to be like this phenom like snowboarder when snowboarding like first got popular. And then he um, kind of got introduced to going out and doing it in the mountains, and then that became his like new huge passion to where like he like goes out and explores mountains and shit that nobody's ever done this shit on, and like he actually you know, fucking climbs to the top of this shit, and then snowboards or skis down, and like dude, some of these things are so freaking steep, and it's like if they hit ice or something like that part way down and then they start pinwheeling they're fucking dead and they're out in the middle of nowhere i mean they had to like backpack for days to get to some of these places that are in like alaska and fuck i think there's some even in like the himalaya and shit like that's crazy that's fucking nuts god that'd be crazy oh that just makes me think of like um you're saying himalayas and made me think of um fuck what's that mountain in uh the himalayas well there's a few <laughs> fuck you <laughs> no, like they're really like well-known ones uh, like, i know there's like, k2 there's uh, k2 but there's another one like everest is like the biggest everest, one Everest. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what i was thinking every god why well, i don't know why i fucking blanking on mount everest jesus <laughs> that dude's name is jeremy jones by the way and yeah okay. uh deeper and then further and higher are all on netflix and they have i've watched them all and do they're like fucking palm sweating moments on this shit god that sounds terrifying <laughs> like i got halfway through the first one and i like stopped and pulled my phone out i'm like i gotta make sure this motherfucker is still alive All right. <laughs> like i'm gonna i don't want feeling... to see someone dying on camera yeah well that also it's like they do a really good job with the documentaries like you really get to know you like feel like you know this guy you know 
And it's yeah. like he's made quite a living off this shit through sponsorships and stuff like that. But that's what he does. And God, can you imagine being his family that just hangs out at home? It's like, right. but, but it like goes into that in the documentaries and stuff and talks about how, you know, they kind of understand that, you know, he, he's, he's got to go out and do that stuff because it's, it's part of who he is now. Like if he's home, he's like, you know, it's just hard for him to not be backed in the mountains and like having seen mountains and stuff before. I've never actually climbed to like the top of one. Like I went on like a cog railroad to the top of Pikes Peak in Colorado, but like, okay. But I've never actually climbed one where you had to go through snow and bullshit like that. And I could see how it would be addicting, how it would, the feeling that it would be to be in some place so remote like that and to look around and not see anything and know that, you know, you're depending on your own wits and everything and that it'd be a very intoxicating feeling to want to go back to that sort of living. Yeah. Yeah. I know we, um, I went down to Gatlinburg one uh, spring break back when I was in middle school and we went up the the kind of like the rail that they have for the Smoky Mountains, and that was pretty cool. Cause like you go up to like there's a kind of like the, I don't know how many feet they take you up the mountain, but they take you up so many feet, and there's kind of like a gift shop area, and you can kind of walk around out there, and you're kind of like way up there. It's pretty crazy. Nice, yeah. That's what the top of Pikes Peak was like. There's like a gift shop up 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 there. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Like they could take you high enough that you kind of like if. Depending if you're there, like in the morning, you can you're kind of like sitting above fog and stuff like that. Oh, sweet! Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like it covers the whole area. Pikes Peak was like fourteen thousand one hundred feet or something like that, and they said on Damn. a really clear day, like you can see Kansas. <laughs> like, holy shit! Damn, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? like the sky was just a much more intense hue of blue. And yeah. you could you could really kind of see that curvature on the Earth too. Like as you'd look at the horizon, it would have like a bend to it. It was pretty fucking wild. Nice. It was I've cold. It, <laughs> oh, I bet. I've always thought it'd be badass to see. Um, I think you, I think you have to go up into Canada or Alaska to see the aurora borealis. Yeah, that would be amazing to see. Yeah, that'd be fucking nuts. Just seeing some of the videos of of them and like pictures and stills and stuff it's crazy how like different the sky looks and everything do you know what causes that colors. doesn't that have something to do with the gases or the in the atmospheres and or something okay so the earth has got a magnetic sphere that's projected out around it and it comes from the planet's molten center so like the the center of our planet is basically just like molten steel that's rotating. Yeah. And so that creates a magnetic right. field that projects out around the planet and it comes out of the poles and then kind of wraps around in like these big bands. And the reason that you see the Aurora Borealis is that that magnetic sphere around the planet protects us from the sun's solar winds, which are just charged particles coming out of the sun. And it, it bounces off our magnetic sphere, but some of it will follow those magnetic lines back down towards the poles and you see it expressed in light in the sky and so there's uh, the aurora okay. borealis on north and some uh, something else yeah it's a different name on the south pole but i forget that one yeah no one because no one's sitting on fucking antarctica <laughs> <laughs> no one see that shit no one's going there people you can actually like, live in alaska and shit <laughs> dude there's a super advanced uh science um station that's right at the south pole really in antarctica yeah they they built all these pillars down into the ice so that this the station like raises Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. What a fucking sci-fi type shit they got down there. 
dude, it's fucking incredible. Like they right, got, they, they're completely got self-sufficient. Technology. Yeah. They probably got some technology we don't even fucking know about. <laughs> they got like green rooms in it and where they grow their own vegetables and everything. God, I don't know if I'd want to live in that type of environment, though. <laughs> It'd be fucking crazy, right? Because when the winter sets in, you're there. Yeah. And that's how it, just how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I fuck that. <laughs> you're just trapped in with all these other, all these same people for that whole time. It's like, you better get to know these fuckers leading up. <laughs> because if you're stuck with some assholes, that's going to suck. But I'd imagine that it, it kind of weeds those people out, and it's really people who are stoked to do it. And all yeah. the documentaries I've seen, they make it seem like it's a pretty cool environment. Yeah, I bet it would be. Yeah, because everyone's so enthusiastic about what they're doing down there. Yeah. Dude, I, I heard this guy on a podcast talking about how he stayed in one of those. And there was this other couple that was foreign. And like he overheard them like talking in some crazy language. And the guy was convinced that they were aliens. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going on that ride with you. But. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> he made it sound like they were talking like they were modems or something like that. And it's like, well, <laughs> let's see. Let's dig into the conspiracy of their aliens that were living on the dark side of the moon. The government knows about it and they're hiding them from us. <laughs> <laughs> and they come here and do science shit because they're aliens, right? Oh. Crickets. Right. <laughs> I'm not going no, on that ride with you, Joe. <laughs> no, I was thinking when you're saying aliens, I was thinking of a, a book I just read. Um, because it, it's kind of like about an alien invasion and stuff like that. So I was just like thinking about that weird shit. And then fucking Independence Day jumps in my head. <laughs> men in Black. <laughs> yeah, Men in Black's great. Fucking Will Smith and both of them. Yeah. <laughs> good days <laughs> i know i've heard some talk about them doing some remakes i think they were talking about that on pcl recently too right they're gonna remake what men in black something like that oh yeah you're right i think i remember hearing that too i can't imagine they would do um fuck like a reboot yeah i don't know if they'll do a reboot but i wonder if they do another um they're not doing a third Independence Day because that second one was fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah, I never, <laughs> it was I never so saw bad. it. <laughs> I saw it in theaters. Like even like the initial like going into it is like the hype was like, yeah, this is gonna be cool because I haven't seen Independence Day in a while. And then like five minutes in, it's like, oh man, it's not good. And it, nothing really redeems itself throughout the movie. It's just, oh, that was like a straight copycat and not very good acting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's on my to-don't list. <laughs> Dude, I rewatched um, Civil War today. God, it's still my favorite fucking Marvel movie. Oh, yeah, that's that was so rad. I, t- I so took the kids good. to see that in the theater. Yeah, dude, I saw that opening night in the theater. That atmosphere in the fucking theater was crazy. And then after I saw it, it made me want to go back and watch every fucking Marvel movie like right when i got home like all the captain americas maybe want to watch them right then and there because it was so fucking good like i left the theater and was fucking pumped yes <laughs> and like i even watched it i've watched it like five six more times since then and it's still fucking just as good every time i watch it like black panther's fucking amazing in it yeah that's what like, i was just gonna say yeah and i can't fucking wait for black panther that movie's gonna be a, oh man it's gonna be good yeah yeah dude and i'm gonna go see it on an early morning showing hopefully it won't be too packed maybe i'll even luck out and be able to sit in one of the big fucking leather recliners they got in there 
Nice. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to look to see, maybe go see it um, like Sunday morning or something like that, like one of the first showings. Yep, that's probably what I'll be doing. Yeah, hopefully it won't. I mean, it'll probably be still pretty packed because it's an opening weekend Marvel movie, but it won't be as crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're going to a 9 o'clock showing, you're kind of getting other people there that are like-minded, and hopefully it won't be people bringing kids that early, but fuck, you never know. Yeah. But, I mean, I've been hearing great things, like seeing just the critics. I haven't read them very much, but I've just kind of glanced at them and hearing about like how good this movie is so far, so... Yeah, and I, I don't know much of the plot of what it's going to be. That's and the thing. I saw the one trailer, and I was like, yep, this movie's going to be incredible. I don't need to see anything else. So I've tried to avoid any other trailer since. Yeah, and the music in that trailer was fucking rad. I haven't I haven't gotten the album yet, and I saw people in the Leftover Army posting about it. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I think I heard like over the radio, maybe, or um, for Black Panther or something, they've been playing like a par- portion of it in a commercial, but... I wasn't paying attention, but it's going to be good. I'm so fucking hyped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah. the fact of how badass Black Panther looks, like his suit is fucking incredible. Yeah, I was just going to say, you ought to bring up about your hot toy. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Dude, I fucking, I remember when I saw it like two or three days ago that they were going to be making it. I was like, I've seen tons of like the different hot toys and everything. Like, and I like, they all look great and stuff. Because they're super detailed and everything, but it's like none of them are like, oh man, I really need to have that. And then I saw the fucking Black Panther and what they're doing with like how his um, suit is a, a luminous yes. under the right under the black light. And then I saw the fucking detail and I was like, yep, like that one would be fucking sweetest shit to display because the way it fucking lights up and the colors like the black and the dark blue or purple or whatever it's going to end up being just looks fucking incredible. And it comes like with its own like s- kind of like st- frame stand that give it that luminous lighting because it's in the suit but only like appears when the right lighting is put to it. Oh, cool! So like in normal light, he's just gonna look black. Like he'll just have his black suit, and like you'll just kind of see the detail in the black suit, but you won't see any of that blue or purple color. But then when you p- turn that certain light on or set him on that stand, then he'll light up and everything. <laughs> you're gonna have to go like spencer gifts to get a fucking black light <laughs> no like it comes with the, the stand oh. that has the light to it oh okay i get it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so you know i don't have to worry about doing that like <laughs> really that's fucking like high school rave party shit <laughs> i know i know it's like they're gonna judge you <laughs> no but i mean like the thing is like they're not like they're it's not coming out for like a year so like it's on pre-order and they don't start like you can do like the different payment plans or whatever that they have set up so you can do it like however many payments you want like up to a certain number and so it'll start at a certain date and end with the last payment being on its like supposed release date so that way you it'll um ship once you've paid it off oh that's perfect yeah so it should like it's supposed to come out anywhere from january to march of next year so like my last payment like my first payment will be in october and my last one will be in in january and then it'll ship whenever it's in. That's but, fucking rad, dude. Yeah, I'm fucking pumped for it. Like, it's <laughs> going to be like the only one I ever want to get, I hope. I mean, unfortunately, supposedly they might be making um, Killmonger um, from the movie, too. And I guess his his suit would light up yellow. Oh, shit. So, you got to get the set, right? <laughs> right. You'd have to have the, the main superhero and the main villain. 
And if they're both their suits look that badass, I mean, if the price is around the same, I would hope it would be. Then I would kind of be able to do it. But otherwise, like some of the hot toys are fucking stupid expensive. Oh yeah, <laughs> like five, six, seven hundred dollars. I'm like, holy shit! And then their statues are even more. <laughs> they have a fucking life size Iron Man, eight grand. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. That's weird. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I saw like the weight of it. It's 130 pounds. <laughs> but, holy shit. <laughs> this would be fucking amazing though. <laughs> right? Like if I walked into some place and I saw that, I'd be like, wow. All right. That's pretty badass. <laughs> Give it to you, sir. Like, I don't think I have the balls to pull the trigger on that, but I'm glad you do. <laughs> oh, no kidding. I mean that that's like a pretty fucking nice car. To just right? have for a fucking life size fucking a, statue you a in your room. And yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> like Barney and How I Met Your Mother, he has that full size uh, stormtrooper in his apartment or his condo. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, he tries to make it the most bachelor pad as possible to avoid allowing any women to ever like stay there past a one night stand. <laughs> so he has like one pillow in his bed, one blanket. <laughs> Like oh all this is, is like a whole row of DVDs of all straight porn that he'll take them down if they don't get freaked out by that. He has like one coffee cup. It's hilarious. I watched a little bit of that first season of that, but um, yeah, my 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 TV watching habits have always been kind of weird, so I never yeah. kept on with it. Yeah, yeah, I've watched probably through like the first six seasons. And then oh, I've, seen, nice. I've seen sporadic episodes through the finals, but I need to kind of go back and watch the whole thing again at some point. I mean, I got so many other sh- things I want to watch right now. <laughs> I remember one episode where Jason Siegel's character is with him and they go into like some like loud club or something like that. And he's like, <laughs> dancing and like something happens where he hurts his tooth. So he goes to the bathroom and he's like, I don't know what happened in there, but he came out totally okay and he comes out and he's like, looks like he's fucking like ecstasied out of his fucking gourd or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he took, yeah, I'm pretty sure he took ecstasy or something. <laughs> Cause yeah, he goes in the bathroom and he comes out. Yeah, Cause he, um, like a crown or something popped out. Ah, whatever fuck. the fuck it was. And it's like super painful. <laughs> and he comes out, he's completely fine. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a little experience in the bathroom that they show him. And then you can just see in his eyes. It's so funny. <laughs> Did you ever watch Community? Um, I think I only saw a few episodes. <laughs> There's this Halloween. I think it was the first Halloween episode of it uh, where Chevy Chase's character's in the bathroom and like he's taking like his old guy pills. There's <laughs> <And laughs> this other character named Starburns because his fucking sideburns are shaved into a star pattern. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so Starburn sees him taking his pills and he asks him what it is. <laughs> so Chevy Chase's character is like embarrassed that there's old man pills. And so he's like lying saying they're drugs. And so Starbirds fucking trades him some <laughs> fucking hallucinogen. And then what's great is it's the Halloween party and Chevy Chase is dressed up like the Beastmaster with like a fake fucking bird on his arm and everything. <laughs> <laughs> he starts tripping out and freaks the fuck out. <laughs> Uh, fucking good shit. <laughs> Did you ever watch um, Parks and Rec? Uh, nothing beyond just a few isolated episodes. I've heard it's fucking great, though. Yeah, same here. Like, I remember someone showed me the um, the episode where 
I want to say it's called like snake juice or something or snake venom. Fuck. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but it's like a, a drink and like an alcoholic drink that, um, one of the characters makes at his club and Ron Swanson. It's like, I let me taste this. Cause he's like all super, super American. It was like straight whiskey and shit like that. And he's like, let me taste this. I'll, I'll see if I approve. And like it, then like later on it shows him he's doing like some fucking, He's super drunk, some dance to like some like <laughs> top 40 song that's going on at the time or whatever. <laughs> it's so fucking hilarious just because this dude's like super straight laced. Like he keeps a straight face throughout everything. And then this happens. It's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's Aziz's club or something. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Dude, that fucking made me think of something that happened earlier. So. My wife's cooking us these fajita quesadillas, and so she's in front of the stove, and I'm sitting at the table reading Men of Wrath, and <laughs> and we got Daft Punk playing on on the TV, and so it's uh, Lucky, and all of a sudden the boys come running down the hallway and just start dancing in front of us, <laughs> say, saying nothing but just dancing with like a lot of booty shaking and stuff like that. And then they take off running down the hallway, and then Liam comes back all by himself and does another little dance and goes, I will show you the face of true evil, and then runs away. What? <laughs> it's a fucking madhouse, dude. Jesus. <laughs> They're going to end up being like the next the next generation's uh, Chris Pontius party boy. <laughs> My wife and I fucking died laughing though. <laughs> They're gonna have that. T- they're gonna have the tearaway uh, s- sweatsuit pants. <laughs> well, I'm surprised he wasn't around. in underwear when he was doing it, but he was wearing his Minecraft onesie. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking onesies are the shit. <laughs> Love onesies. Nice. I know. I see that there's a onesie party on deck for the Saturday night C2E2 party with the leftover army. Oh, nice. And I'm like, well, they will accept me in my jeans and t-shirt. <laughs> like, I'm not wearing a onesie. <laughs> I have a onesie, but I need to get another one that has a butt flap. Because if it had that, it'd be game over. <laughs> I would never have to take that fucker off. Butt flap. <laughs> it's got to have the button, butt flap. Just flap it down when you got to take a shit. <laughs> glorious that's hilarious <laughs> i mean yeah, that's kind of a good point though too because i mean if it's a onesie party people gotta go and use a public restroom and they gotta, right. like, take this whole thing off if they gotta sit on the can that's actually kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> i was saying, i don't want to have any of my shit on a bathroom floor in a bar <laughs> <laughs> fuck that right. disease written all over it oh yeah yeah there's like no grosser place. <laughs> Maybe a strip club bathroom, but that'd be about it. Oh God, dude. I remember <laughs> I used to have to go into this one fucking bathroom where it was this, this painted white door. Like the stall was like made out of plywood and it was just painted white. And so people would take fucking paint markers in there and, and do stuff on the door. And I remember one time I walked in, there was no one in there. So the door was wide open and written in these giant letters going down. The door was stop shitting on the seat. You are gross. (laughs) (laughs) Snapped a picture of that shit. It's like, so you go back through my Facebook fucking feed. You can find that fucking picture somewhere. (laughs) Uh, Yep. This is like the, like, do you ever see train spotting? I don't think so, no. 
Oh God, there's this scene where where the main character all of a sudden like he'd like he's talk he's like says like heroin makes you constipated and it had been a while since he had a fix and so he wasn't constipated anymore. And so he like runs into this bathroom and like <laughs> like he goes in like it's this bar and he asks the bartender like where it's at and they point and it just says like bathroom or something like that on the door. And so he goes in and then the door closes and like this extra text comes up on the screen that says the worst <laughs> it's like bathroom. It's like in <laughs> Scotland <laughs> and he goes in and it's all fucking nasty in there. And uh, yeah, it's it's fucking gross. Yeah. <laughs> Do I remember there's this one bar on um, my college campus that everyone fucking hated. It was the worst fucking bathroom ever. Like you were there and you're like, I don't want to take a piss if I don't have to. All it was, you had to go upstairs and it was kind of like this kind of older building with wooden steps and shit like that. And you go up to the second level and all it is is just a fucking big ass bathroom trough. Ew. Right? Yeah. Just fucking stand around it and just fucking piss into it. That's all it is. It's like, God damn it. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, that's fucking gross. Yeah. Yeah, like they have really good drink specials, but it's like you never wanted to go take a piss there. <laughs> <laughs> just might I know, as well like, sneak off. <laughs> I, well, it, and it's like with me, it's like I don't fucking go into the bathroom. It's like I'm doing my own fucking thing. Like I want a urinal with like a good sized fucking divider there and everything. I want to be able to just be in my own little world taking a piss. <laughs> right. I don't need to be going into a fucking horse trough making eye contact with the guy across from me. Fuck that. I'm trying to have a fucking full-length conversation with you. <laughs> He's trying to have a fucking chit-chat while you're taking a piss. Yeah, I don't know. There's just some people that just don't... Have, like, like, I've heard stories about old guys in gym locker rooms and how it's fucking horrific. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, that's... I just have way more <laughs> modesty than that. I'd be like, fuck that, dude. I don't right. fucking deal with this shit. <laughs> God. <laughs> dude, so I'm looking looking over my um my poll list right now and I'm looking at it and I'm like I'm reading through it and I'm like thinking about it. And it's like, damn, like, this is a pretty fucking quality pull list I got going. <laughs> like, I'm pretty damn proud of what I what I got going. I don't have fucking hardly anything bad on here. Like everything's solid and it's yeah. not like super long, but it's just enough. And it's a lot of different shit. How many titles are on it? Uh, I think let's see here. 15. Oh, no, it's growing. <laughs> yeah. 15. yeah. What was that it's cap not, you took like, me a long time like, ago? The, well, it was at 10, but the thing is like <laughs> half of these are like mini series. So like, I know I have, <laughs> I have TMNT on here, so that's it's on issue four, I think, now. So it's going to be done in a few months. Then you got Metal, and it's on issue five. And then White Knight is an eight-issue series. Then Doomsday Clock is 12 issues, but it's not coming out very often. It's coming out every few months. Yeah, even though it's a mini-series, it'll be on there for the next two years, probably. Right, it's going to be on there for two years, basically. And then John Wick is only like going to be like four total issues in a year. Oh, that first issue was fucking good, though. Yeah, but the next one's not coming out till the end of February, and then the one after that's not till October or something. Wow. Yeah. And then Old Guard, but it's been on fucking hiatus for a while. I know. I uh, need to look that up and see if there's any news it, on it. It better come back, because it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a really, really solid first story arc on that. Yeah. Very intriguing. 
but like not everything else I like everything I have on here I want to keep on here like I don't want to drop paper girls redneck I want to keep sacred creatures I want to keep southern bastards baby teeth um birthright curse words is good eternal empire is great yeah and that new eternal empire kind of starting out this new story arc with the dragons and everything that was incredible yeah it's fucking awesome i love that art their their art is just that art of um was it uh jonathan luna and what's the other what's the other person's name uh is it saravon saravon yep yeah her art is just fucking incredible it's kind of like Fiona Staples and that they're, they're so unique, but very well done. Like hers is super simplistic, but the colors and the way they just frame out, everything's very well done. And then you just got the great colors and shit and the designs of stuff with Fiona Staples. That first story arc was really interesting also in that even as the reader, you're, you're just as confused as these two characters you're reading about. Because they don't yeah. understand why these powers have awoken in themselves either. And the first story arc, even though it doesn't give you answers on that stuff, like just continues to be absolutely riveting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, even though um, a lot happens, like they use just a lot of panels of action. They don't do a whole lot of text of actual like dialogue. So like these issues you can go through pretty damn quick. So that's why like, I could burn through Alex and Ada the whole series in a couple hours. Yeah. Cause it's 15 issues, but like you don't, I mean, some of those panels, you just kind of go looking through. I mean, there is some really good dialogue too, and it's like a, a fucking amazing story. And then I have a feeling eternal empire. They'll probably do it. I would imagine it's probably gonna be another 15 to 20 issue series. They'll yeah. probably do f- three to four story arcs of this. Oh, I and, can't wait to see where they're going to go with yeah, it. Yeah, and it'll be fucking great the way they tie it all up because they did a great way of ending it with Alex and Ada. Mm-hmm. I, need, I need to read more of his stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I always go through the list that's on the back page of the issue. It's <laughs> like, like the, oh, fuck, got, I need to add some the of these. Sword. Was it the sword? Mm-hmm. And the, was it girls? Yeah, I think so. Is there one called like Ultra or something like that also? Maybe. I yeah. can't remember. I, I should just I grab looking, the book out and just flip was, through it real quick. But I was looking at the I have um, book one that I picked up from the Grand Rapids Comic Con. The I think it's called Empress. It's another one of those Mark Millar books. It's uh, Millar World, and in the very back of it, uh, it has this checklist of all of his titles that are part of Millar World. And seeing what Netflix now has, they can make some fucking great shit. <laughs> have you read that one yet? No, I haven't read it yet. I was going to start reading it tonight or tomorrow. Right. But uh, Yeah, let me know if it's good because Mark Millar stuff, so far he's been fucking <laughs> – I mean, so far everything I've read has been really good. Yeah. Well, like there is – like in the very back of it, it has like, the checklist of all the stuff and it had Kick-Ass Volumes 1 through 3, um, Hit Girl, and it, kind of, it tells you who the artists are on all of them as it's going through them. I mean, you had John Romita Jr. on the Kick-Ass and Hit Girl – and then you had Nemesis down there. You had Wanted. You had Jupiter's Circle, Jupiter's Legacy. Those. Um, there's a couple others I'd never heard of. Uh, I think like Super something. If I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> Did you end up uh, getting Wanted? Um, I started actually. I just started reading it online. I just read the first issue, and like it's completely different. 
um, in this first issue kind of compared to the movie. Because I've seen the movie, but I'd never seen or I'd never read the comic. So, like, the comic, there's actually, like, different creatures and stuff in it compared to just normal humans. Oh, cool. Where, where in the movie, it's all humans. I was hoping it would be quite a bit different than the movie. Like, I liked the movie, but I didn't love the movie. Yeah, the movie had some cool shit kind of with it. It was just with the action scenes and stuff and the him, like, curving bullets and shit like that and just the super long-distance uh, kills. Yeah. Which they kind of had happen in this first issue, but you, this character has a totally different backstory um, than from kind of what I vaguely remember from the movie. But I definitely, I mean, the movie definitely just had all humans in it, and this is totally already has different creatures involved. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be checking that one out. His stuff is just too good. <laughs> yeah, it, and I'm sure he's still got more stuff. I don't know if he's currently working on anything right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what Miller's doing. Bailey, like, all of his stuff is good from what I've read. So <laughs> I had to go Twitter stalk him. Like, what have you been right? tweeting about, Mister Miller? <laughs> what's what's your next what's your next event thing that's coming? <laughs> and I haven't read Paper Rolls yet to finish this story arc, but I imagine it ends just like it always does and incredible. Yeah, and I actually didn't even make it to the comic store today to go pick up my pull list for the week since I took the boys out sledding instead. Yeah. And that was a better choice than driving into fucking Marion and back. (laughs) (laughs) Drive to my comic store is not fun. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I generally prefer to do it on Saturdays. Unfortunately, they're not open on Sundays, but it's like... Man, if I'm not getting off work till almost five o'clock, the last thing I want to do is drive through fucking Cedar Rapids and Marion at, at that time of day. Right? Yeah, through rush hour. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> I shouldn't have put it off though because it's like fuck. I want to read Paper Girls. <laughs> yeah, Paper Girls is so good. Yeah, and like with where with where they're at in this arc right now, because this is going to be the last issue of the arc, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, they usually go in five five issue arcs. Yeah. So, like, what well, is going to happen? <laughs> well, the way nineteen ended was awesome. Yeah. So, I'd imagine they'll probably do another time jump or something on the very last like page or two of the final of this issue. Yeah, that's kind of the way it's been going. So I'm kind of expecting that as well. Because it kind of lets you like know what time period vaguely that they're going into. So we'll kind of get to see where they might be. Yeah. This last story arc has been Y2K. Yeah. So they've done, they've done, how far did they jump the first time? Oh, wasn't it like, so the first jump, that means, okay. So the second story arc, they were actually in like 2016 or something like that. That's right, yeah, and that's when they go to the mall and stuff. So it's like current time then yeah. that they jump to from being in 85 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then they jump way back in time. Yeah, to like 10,000 BC or something yeah. like that. And now in this story arc, they're back in... 1999, right that's on... That's right, yeah, Y2K area. Yep, right yeah. on New Year's Eve 1999. So now I wonder if they'll jump like way into the future for this next story arc. 
I hope so. That would yeah. be fucking rad. It'd be. I want to see Heck and Naldo back in the story. Because yeah. didn't we briefly see him in this one? Weren't they fighting? Because... They, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's like, do I want to say? <laughs> I don't yeah, know if I, I want to give I, any light. I, I, think I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I, think, let, I think you're right. And, and let's not give any spoilers for this new story. Because I know we got some listeners that definitely just read it by the trade. Yeah, I don't want to give anything away for him. So well, I saw they're doing a book one of Paper Girls, so they're going to combine the first three trades into like some big hardbound book. Oh, it'll be the first three. They're going to do a fifteen issue one. Yeah, I think so. Oh damn, that'd right? be fucking nice. Yeah, I bet it'll be fucking sweet. Do you know that? Um, I think it's March fifteenth. The Murder Store Nailbiter Murder Store Volume Two is coming out, which will be issues. There will be eleven through twenty. Oh, they just do the first two trades? Yeah, it's just the first two trades in that volume one. So when Damn. it's all said and done, I think it'll be There's three volumes. Three of them. Nice. I'll need to get that. I'll need to check that out. Because you said the first one had a lot of extra shit in it, didn't it? It did, dude. It, it had the original fucking pitch that they did. And like... God, that's awesome. <laughs> the original <laughs> script for issue one is in it also. And... Nice. Yeah, I'm going to have to get those for sure at some point. Yeah, it's fucking rad, dude. <laughs> I mean, if you're a nail biter fanatic, and I know you are, you definitely want to get that. <laughs> eh, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, did you see that bumpers is going away? Right? Yeah, I did see that. I was like, damn. I was like, we had we had we had a good lineup of, of uh, episodes on there for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had read somebody commented that their content's going to stay up. So like, oh, really? but you won't just you just won't be able to like, add new stuff to it. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I have to check that out. Because, I mean, we did what, like 10, first 10 issues of Nailbiter we did on that? Was it the first 10 or was it the first? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, it was the first 10 because we tried doing the the 11th with that hack slash. <laughs> we had that great like hour and a half recording with, with a tie and it just didn't remember you tried loading and like it shut your phone off or whatever. Yeah, it crashed my iPhone. Yeah. And it didn't want to. Usually when, when it would crash. When it was exporting, when your phone would, when you'd start the app back up, it would say, you know, oh, we we noticed this bad thing happened and we saved a copy. That time it didn't do it. And I was like, oh, you motherfucker. It's <laughs> like an hour long episode. Oh, you were so, we were so pissed. Like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bumpers was fun for a little bit, though. I mean, goddamn, for a little bit there, everyone was doing it. Right. It was, a, it was, a, it was just a cool way for everyone to kind of get into the. I like the concept of podcasting. So you could do something super short or like we could even do it with some length to it, but it was pretty cool because it was super simple. There wasn't really any, any actual like extra steps involved. You just recorded it. Just basically if you wanted to cut time and then just upload. Yeah. I mean, they even had all that music and stuff. So a lot of people's episodes would have the same musical cuts and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they had, like the sample of their the kind of bumpers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, that was fun though. <laughs> it's definitely easy to set up. Yeah, well, and it was a perfect kind of form at first for us when we were just doing like an issue at a time because they were going to be shorter episodes, so it made sense. And then when we decided to switch over to doing tr- like a arc at a time, it made more sense to do it on this. Yeah, yeah. 
And even when we were doing them an issue at a time, we were having some episodes, I think, were like 45 minutes we talked about one right, yeah, issue. We, we were going back and forth on some of the issues for quite a while, <laughs> which is impressive. I mean, we did like complete fucking panel by panel breakdowns on that, though. I mean, we fucking we went deep. <laughs> well, it was worth it because some of those fucking pages were awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that we're almost an hour into this and we barely even mentioned that we're going to be talking men of wrath at some point <laughs> we're talking comics we're, we're leading into it <laughs> but i mean like to, to segue into it i mean black cloud was also on my pull list and that was jason aaron and jason latour or no, it was just jason latour yeah i was gonna say i don't think jason aaron was no, involved yeah, in yeah he, he better may not touch in this garbage because <laughs> latour and aaron are doing southern bastards and i thought for some reason uh, until I looked it up, was that Aaron and Latour were both writing it, and then Latour was doing the art, but Latour was just doing the art. So then I was like, oh, that makes fucking perfect sense why Black Cloud's so goddamn terrible because he's actually <laughs> writing this story. <laughs> he can't he can't write with a damn because this oh, is the no. most confusing fucking shit ever. It's gonna be like one of those stories that if it ever has any type of length to it, it's gonna go like 30 issues and you won't know what the fuck happens for the first 28 and then he brings it all together for the last two and then everyone's gonna say it's the greatest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I usually prefer if a story arc's going like that confusing, it's like please at least just wrap it up at the conclusion of the first arc so that, you know, I can kind of at least know a little bit more about what's going on, but then you can still tease me with some more weird, interesting shit, you know, like Lost used to always do. And <laughs> but but with Black Cloud, like, I read that whole first story arc, and I couldn't tell you what it's about, dude. Yeah, I got I had the first six issues, and I remember I read through them all, and I, yeah, I couldn't really tell you what... I couldn't give you a, a general summary of the story. Yeah. I, I could tell you shit that's happened, but I don't know how it all goes together. It... Is it these people? It's like there's like a parallel reality that like these people who are like maybe gods are in, and at one time then they all rebelled and like killed the older gods or made the older gods flee or something. And then the the lady who started this rebellion just left them and came and lived in our world, and would for a price would let people go to that realm for a little bit or something like that. I guess, and she like took that. <laughs> she took. I, that's I. That's the best way you, I, I think anyone could explain it. I mean, I don't fucking know. I mean, all I remember really, all I could tell you is from is was this fucking frog looking dude, or a lizard or chameleon or whatever the <laughs> hell he is. Then you got this normal person from our universe, I guess, and she takes him to hers, and he's like a giant, and he's destroying the city and everything. <laughs> and that's really all I know. And yeah. it's really color colorful shit. Really cool, like colors to this comic is just God. There's I just can't understand the story. <laughs> <laughs> so so like there's just nothing. Like there's just random dialogue that's going on. Yeah, at some point when I'm feeling self destructive. I'll go back and read the whole arc in one go and hope that it Ugh. makes some sort of sense. But yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, it's rough. That'd be a tough way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pain. It'd be painful to want to read those five issues in a row. Yeah, indeed. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not when my pull list is as big as it is, and there's plenty of other shit that I need to be reading. It's like, but like, I am intrigued by it because a lot of the art is really good in it. I like the color in it, and the the concept. I feel like the concept is there. I just don't know what he's doing with it yet. 
And so it yeah. makes it frustrating to me because if I finish an issue, like it, I had my hopes up too many times and then at the end of it, I'm like, I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just keep giving you more questions, 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 <laughs> but there's never an answer involved. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's every I, time you think they're going to give an answer, it's another question. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. I, I fuck. I hope it picks up. <laughs> yeah it's an image but book I, it's got to get good but i mean there's some like the like the ones that i'm always looking forward to reading right now the most are probably like paper girls uh redneck because donny cates is doing great baby same with baby teeth that's another one of his yeah and then southern bastards but i mean we haven't been getting that i mean on a constant basis it's like sometimes we'll get one every month for like two or three months and then all of a sudden we don't get one for like two and a half months and then the yeah. next one doesn't come out for a month and a half. So it's like he doesn't have a consistent time period of when they come out. Yeah. And then birth and then birthright. Those are like the ones I gotta read first when I when I have them. And then I'll do like Eternal Empire and the Dark Knight metal stuff and the White Knight. But it's always image titles that I want to read first. Yeah. Yeah. We had Let's see, that last Southern Bastards that came out was like the penultimate penultimate issue. So the next one will wrap up that story arc. And holy shit, did that one fucking clinch up like crazy at the end. Like, right. <laughs> I can't even imagine how, how this next issue is going to end. And it'll end the story arc, too. And I think this has been one of the best story arcs in Southern Bastards. And that really says a lot. Yeah, all of them have been really good. Like that first story arc was nuts. And then the second one was a good building of backstory. And then the third is, was incredible with the lead into the, how the fourth is going right now. Mm-hmm. And it's also exciting seeing how this um, second story arc for Redneck's going to end too. Seeing how both, because I think both of these issues come out on the same uh, week. Oh, nice. And so it could be really fucking awesome to see like how these two story arcs end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there was a little fucking teaser. And I've never seen that in anything Image before. No, I'm pretty sure, like, some of their stuff back in the day with, like, their different superheroes and stuff, like, connected together. Okay. I mean, that's really before I was much of an Image reader, so I just kind of know that just more from, like, you know, history, like, articles I've read, that sort of shit. Yeah. But, I mean, that was, let's see, that was in, that was in Redneck. We We get this cop sitting in his car. And he hears over the radio a football game going on, and it's the football game that's going on in that week's issue of Southern Bastards. So it's like, those two worlds exist together at the same time. Yeah, (laughs) it's crazy. It's fucking amazing. Uh, Different states, you know? I mean, you're talking about Alabama and Texas? Yeah, yeah, they're in Texas, and Alabama's in Southern Bastards. Yeah. But ooh, <laughs> like I have so long thought that uh, some sort of crossover between those two titles would be so amazing. Wh- whether it's like a full arc or even just like a one-off or something like that, or I mean, God, even though that they gave me that Easter egg, I almost want a bigger Easter egg. <laughs> I, I hope they, I hope they could do like a whole story arc where it's kind of like the people from Redneck have to move into Croc County. Or something. Oh, that'd be pretty pretty wild. Or that passing through and they get involved in something. Or yeah, like somehow, like the two the two worlds collide where they're kind of like in an agreement. Or I don't know if they're really in an agreement or conflict together. 
but they break it out to that whole story arc, which would be fucking sweet. Yeah. If it followed the usual trope there, it would be that at first they're in disagreement and then they have to work together against a worse foe that is some sort of combination of both of their foes together, right? Yeah. Could be, could be a coach. That's how it always goes with those, right? right? <laughs> I mean, what's going on in, in, in um, TMNT right now with Batman? It's Bane partnered up with um beatbox and rock and rock study yeah it's fucking great (laughs) (laughs) i'm not current on it i'm still a couple issues behind but i i read what maybe like the first two or something like that that came out yeah i think the fourth comes out i think there's only three out now i think maybe the fourth comes out next week sweet and yeah they're they're fucking good i mean it's just as good as that first it's I gotta see how these last three issues wrap it up, but it's it's still feeling like it's on that same level as the first um, miniseries that they did. And I just love the way the art's done in this from what Freddie Williams the second. And it's, yeah, it's fucking awesome. And I just like the they do such a good job of not putting too much humor into it, but putting the humor in the right spots. Like they try to keep it a kind of a serious story with Batman's side and their side, but then they also, I mean, you got to throw in the humor and personalities of the turtles, but they do it in a very, um, well done way. Yeah. I loved that first crossover. That was great. So I, I'll get caught up on this one. Yeah. And I, I love it. Imagine with fucking Bane, <laughs> right? Well, the covers, the covers are so cool on them too, because they have two covers that are coming out for each of them. And one is like a new school, like the, the art, um, within the, from within the comic from Freddie Williams type covers. And then the other ones are like kind of like an old school looking cover to them. Dope. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of the covers in that first crossover were great. Yeah. Oh man, the the one was fucking awesome with Shredder's helmet. You see like the reflection of the yeah. turtles and Batman in his uh, helmet. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, hey, do you want to take a quick break? I just need to go get a refill here. Yeah, Jobu needs a refill too. <laughs> Yo, bartender. <laughs> Jobu needs a refill. Awesome. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, switching it up tonight. I'm drinking mango Ritas. what's your favorite flavor of them so far the strawberry ones (laughs) it's just the store i stopped at earlier didn't have strawberry and so i was like yeah fuck it (laughs) they got they have what they have the lime aritas um strawberries don't they have like a raspberry one yep they got lemon lime grape i haven't been brave enough to try the try the grape one ew grape (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't sound good yeah I know it has I the, the potential to be bad. I know I've had the Lima readers. They were they were pretty good. I remember we had them like in twenty four ounce cans going down to a baseball game one time. <laughs> yeah, they come in those big fucking cans. These are teeny tiny ones if you get like the twelve pack. Yeah, it's either like eight eight ounce ounce ones. yeah, it's either eight ounce can or it's a twenty four ounce can. There's no in between <laughs> with them. <laughs> yeah. They're like you can either have to pace yourself or just get fucked up. One of the two. <laughs> Usually I go with the fucked up because it's like two bucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I drink one of those big cans. It's like, woo, good to go for a whole podcast. <laughs> did you ever um, did you ever play Edward 40 Hands? 
No, but <laughs> you got to tell it. Real quick. Okay. <laughs> so I, we played that. Um, so at Ohio State, um, one of the traditions that we have um, during the week that we play our rival Michigan is we had this little lake on our campus called Mirror Lake. And this is in November. And so um, every November, the like the Thursday night before the game, you jump in at midnight and all these students would do like thousands of us. So it's like thir- 20 to 30 degrees outside. It's freezing. So the group of friends that I partied with, um, their tradition was to play Edward 40 hands before we go and do it. So the way you play the game is um, you have to have two 40s taped to your hands and opened. And depending on how many people do it, it's whoever finishes both their 40s first. Once you finish both your, for- both your 40s, you get to t- like they'll take them off as you finish them. So the goal is to be the first person to finish them because you can fuck with the other people um, once you start getting like your hands free and stuff. <laughs> and we got – I remember like right when they fucking taped up our hands with people that weren't playing in it, first thing they fucking did to me is just fucking de-pants me. I was like, god damn it. Oh, that <laughs> and I sucks. Was, right? and I was like, fuckers. Luckily, I had like shorts on under and stuff. But <laughs> So like one of my other friends like while I'm trying to drink is like helping me like pull my pants back. I'm like, you're a good friend. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, Thank you for being nice. <laughs> well, first thing I was going to say is you got to drink those fucking fast. Otherwise, it's like, what do you one- do when you got to piss? The thing, yeah, that's the other thing is like, yeah, if you can't fucking, that's the trick is you got to finish one first so you can like quick so you can take a piss if you need to. Otherwise, you got to fucking just get them down before you piss. Because our one friend, I remember he chugged like half, like right when we started, he chugged half his 140 in like 10 seconds. I was like, fuck, he's going to get that off quick. And like, this dude was <laughs> pounding it away. And I mean, I like I can drink, I could drink a lot and quick in college, but like, I couldn't chug like 40s that quick. And God, it's fucking fun though. I mean, <laughs> I don't remember much of the night, but I remember that part. Forty is <laughs> one of those ones too, where you got to be careful how you tilt that bottle through that last half. It's going to be flat and just fucking horrific. Yeah. Well, the thing was like a lot of them, like a lot of them were playing Edward Forty hands with Bud Light. I was, I was brave and I did it with Mickey's. <laughs> I was just going to say, would you use like Mickey's or something? <laughs> yeah. So I had two big ass green forties in my hands and I went had Bud Light ones. <laughs> Mickey's I think are, I don't know. They're not, they're a little bit stronger than normal. Like Bud Light, like when it comes to alcohol content. Yeah. It's a malt but, liquor, but yeah, it's a malt liquor. So it's a lot different taste. <laughs> <laughs> it's I a was, lot heavier. I was, yeah. I was fucked up on them. That's for sure. <laughs> When I was younger and I barely drank, I was like obsessed with Mickey's and I didn't even really care for the way it tasted, really. But I really, their logo sold me. Like, I was obsessed with wanting to get a tattoo of that little, that B at some point. Jesus. Yeah, it was fucking stupid. And I go back amongst the tattoos where at one time I was like, it would have been great if I'd have got that. And then I'd, my rule was always sit on it for at least a year. Yeah. <laughs> because it's going to save you that much time to save up for it anyway, you fuck. <laughs> yeah, then think about like do you is this something you really could see see um being okay with having on yourself in 30 years? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like how do I explain this logo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many different types of malt liquor too. It's crazy. Like there's Old English, there's King Cobra. I've seen a few others I've never heard of. Um wasn't Colt 45 the one that Billy D. Williams? Yeah, Colt wrapped? 45. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, God, yeah, there's a few others, though. Like, Mickey's is one. It's like, fuck, I didn't realize there's so many of them in the. F- 
It was a ghetto brew. Yeah. It was good though. Like Mickey's was like the class. Mickey's was like the high class of the forty class of like the malt liquor class. <laughs> <laughs> like if there was like a if there was a, like a beer version like of of Mickey's. It's basically what like a high like what, I guess with Heineken or like a a um, maybe a Blue Moon would be considered. I don't know, yeah. like a, a more expensive beer. But I haven't Mickey, been brave enough to try Blue Moon. Ooh, it's delicious. Do you put a fresh squeeze uh, piece of orange in there? Mmm, it is delicious. See, people tell me that, and that's what turns me off. But then I like Corona with lime, right. so I should no, just yeah. try it. Yeah, like if you had Corona without a lime. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> just like Blue Moon, you don't want to drink Blue Moon without the orange slice because then you'll just get a bad first impression of it. You have to have it the way it's intended to have. Yeah, you see? It's not as good. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking great. Oh, shit. Dude, yeah, I don't. I haven't done too much for comic reading this week. I did read all of the first arc of Pestilence. I don't know if you've read that or not. Uh, is that the one that had like the medieval like body armor covers? Yeah. I have I didn't read it, but I remember seeing it. Okay, it's definitely worth checking out. It's the whole premise behind Pestilence is um the the Black Death when that went through Europe, it it wasn't the bubonic plague. It was actually like a zombie infestation that the Vatican then subsequently covered up. Okay. And that first arc is fucking great because it's like this secret society of soldiers that work for the church that are like going to go rescue the Pope and then shit goes sideways on the mission and it's it's fucking wild and, and they kind of get caught in with the church trying to cover this shit up and and then yeah it's it's worth checking out the art is really good and so far the story's been interesting it's got like a different take on zombies than I think I've ever read before because the zombies have like a certain level of intelligence to them that, that in most representation of zombies, you know, you don't see that. Yeah. Yeah. That does sound pretty cool. It made me like when you were talking about it, it made me think of like, I wonder if, I don't know if anything's been done or they, they should do it if they haven't is like something with kind of like the, do a storyline in the time period of like the Knights of the, the Templar and like shit that like kind of like just different adventures and shit that they had to go on. And take a story with that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would be some cool fucking comics. Yeah. Because, I, mean, I mean, you could really get into some weird shit. Yeah, you could either go crazy with it, kind of like how uh, Manifest Destiny is, where it takes, like, the whole truth with, like, the whole Lois and Clark advent- um, like exploration out west. Mm-hmm. But then they throw tons of fictional stuff involved with it, like, instead of it being just, like, the normal, um, like, Missouri when they hit the uh, St. Louis Arch. So it's like some other crazy shit that's like kind of sci- that's sci-fi to it, but it's cool just how the way they can kind of blend that very faintly amount of factual storyline in with all the um, very fictional stuff, and it works well together. Yeah, I've heard Manifest Destiny is really good. I, I need to check out that first trade. Yeah, I have the first four story arcs in trade, and they're real fucking good. Oh, sweet! I think they're in their fifth or sixth story arc right now. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it's still it's an ongoing title then. Yeah, it's been going a while. I don't know how if it's if there's been anything. I haven't seen any news on if it's like has a planned finish or anything yet. 
Oh, right on. Yeah, I've been. It's so kind of funny that Pestilence was like one of the only things I read this week because that means my week has been really like <laughs> fucking busy with zombie stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't read much um, at all this week. I'm trying to think. I, yeah, I think I've read a few issues of the fifth trade of um, the new Fifty Two Batman. Oh, so nice. it's it's in zero year right now, and it's pretty good. Like That's this, awesome. the whole run so far has been really good, and the story arc's interesting. It's a lot different um, than like the first half, the first four story arcs, like with the kind of like the time period that it goes to and stuff. But it's really cool where it's going. Yeah, I need to keep back on. I need to get back on with that because I've never read all of New Fifty Two Batman, but what I have read so far, I've really liked. How far have you read in? Just the first two trades. Okay. Yeah, the third trade's really good. Because it's what night of it was. It's court of was it night of owls then court of owls or is it court of owls night of owls? Court of owls and then city of owls. City of owls. Okay, so yeah, those first two story arcs are awesome, especially like the talon and shit. Oh my god, god that talon to see that fucking on screen would be fucking awesome. <laughs> That's what I was just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> they need to do like a a good uh, adaptation of that would be yeah fucking that'd be a, killer. That'd be a great villain. Yeah, well, and it would give Batman something fresh. Yeah, I mean, it'd be something we've never seen before on screen. Mm-hmm. A villain that no one really knows much about because it's not like it's a prominent recurring villain. But the type of storyline that you could you could follow, you don't need to follow the Batman's like that tr- that arc completely in the, from the comic, but follow it closely enough, and then Brand- you could throw a crazy twist into a different like branch off with the whole talent history and stuff like that yeah and it's got make, batman make, doing lots of good detective work yeah to do like a second third and fourth movie like you could do a whole fucking series uh just like different like villains that you could jump to within this that would be fucking killer man yeah but it's dc so <laughs> <laughs> most likely that they, they're not going to do a good story arc of them for a while yeah, yeah I, I hope with that new creative director in there that or you know whatever his post is the guy that's gonna be overseeing those dcu movies i i hope they turn it around let's see yeah i'm not holding my breath <laughs> <laughs> yeah otherwise over the last week i've been pretty fucking busy with um so in in 2009 i finished a like a, a novel and like I, I tried to get it published by just getting a literary agent. When that didn't work, I just kind of set it aside and got busy with other shit. And then recently, I just kind of picked it back up. And this last Sunday, I started looking into seeing how I could get it published on Amazon. And actually got my print proof that came in, and I was not happy with the way the cover looked. And so I went and, and shot uh, some pictures today to get the new cover, and it... It looks fucking dope, so so I submitted it. So it, it should get approved and be up on Amazon within like 72 hours or so. Nice. Once I see that fucker up there, I'm ordering it. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Can't, can't wait to read it. Yeah, I just posted about it on Facebook. It got a, like a, a really good response and everything. So I, I'm definitely stoked, and it's it's got me thinking about those characters again because I'm like, shit, I, I need to carry that on. What's next for Frank and his team? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because you let me, you sent me the first um, chapter that you read out loud, and I was kind of listening to that while I was doing a couple things around my place, and it it sounds really interesting so far in this first uh, that first chapter. 
Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I hadn't really thought about those characters that much in a while, and so since I've been so busy with it over the last week, it's been on my mind a lot, and and I'm really stoked to to kind of take them on to that next one. And and this first story is pretty good. It's uh, you get your money's worth out of it. It's almost twenty five thousand words, so it's pretty decent. How many pages does it end up being? Uh, the book is uh, six by nine, and it ended up being 183 pages. Okay, that's not bad. No, no, it's it's pretty decent. It's yeah. Um, like when it's I was like, looking at it, it was probably about as thick as like Fight Club or something like some of my other books that I well ones that I had on my bookshelf before that flood in 2008 when I lost all my fucking books. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's an overly overwhelming thick book, but it's not like it's some like quick 20 minute read either. Yeah. Yeah, because at first when I was just you know just seeing that number and then doing research online, I'm like, well, it kind of blurs the line between novella and novel. But then once I had that proof in my hand, I was like, eh, that's big enough that you can call this a novel. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it seems. <laughs> like, I feels like I feel like a lot of books seem to be in that three to four hundred and like fifty ish page range for the most part. That's why yeah. I feel like I see constantly. And then you get like. Some of those series that just have crazy big books like Harry Potter or um, like the Game of Thrones books, aren't they really big? Yeah, they're fucking re- like super thick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember the fucking one Harry Potter book was like, I think it was Deathly, it was either Half Blood Prince or one of the Deathly Hallow books, like was 900 some pages. Yeah, Order of the Phoenix was the thickest one. That's what it was. Yeah, Order of the Phoenix. It was like nine hundred and like eighty some or ninety some pages. It's fucking crazy. I was like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> but I, I fucking blasted through that series. I love Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it was so good. Like I read like the, I read the first three books like right as they came out as I was a kid growing up, and then. Or the Goblet of Fire was like the first really big book. It was like twice the size of the first two, or of all the other th- of the other three. And yeah, then, I know those first three are like super basic skinny reads, and then Goblet of Fire is like holy shit, this is the size of all three of these others. Yeah, it was like the, all the first three were like two hundred and fifty to seventy pages a piece, and then the fourth book comes out, and it's like six hundred pages. <laughs> and it's like holy shit and like that was like right when i was going into high school and i had to read other books like for required reading so i wasn't reading for fun outside of required reading so i kind of put off reading the harry potter books i kept getting them when they would come out in the summers but i didn't read them until like after college so like i i'd seen a couple of the movies um so like then i start i finished uh i started at order of phoenix because i'd seen goblet of fire enough times so I was like, fuck it. I, I read half the book and then saw the movie. So I, I kind of understand what happens. Nice. And, <laughs> and then with Order of the Phoenix, I through the rest of them, I read those last four books or three books because they split up into four movies. I read or four books, four, five, six, and seven. Or no, five, six, seven, three. Um, those last three, which was probably what, like 2,000 pages between the three of them? Uh, yeah, it could have been something like that. I read those in like a month and a half. I just blasted through that series like after work. I would just like read them <laughs> for like four hours at a time and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been a pretty fast reader myself. Um, I remember I got the first four in a paperback box set and then I got the last ones all in hardback. Yeah. All mine are in hardback. I love I 
if I can get a book in hardback over a uh, paperback, I prefer it. Just I like the I just like those holding the books that way more. But some books are either super expensive hardback or it's just they don't make them in hardback. Yeah. Yeah, I, I lucked out in that flood that I had a bunch of Raymond E. Feist first editions that I had to go to like used bookstores and stuff and actually seek out. And luckily, though, that bookshelf didn't collapse. And so all those ones were saved from the flood water. <laughs> that would have uh, been truly heartbroken if I'd have lost those. Yeah, that would have been rough. Well, and I shouldn't say that I had all of his because I do not have the first edition or first printing of Magician because that's fucking ridiculously expensive. Yeah, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about like I know first editions of of books are definitely worth the most, just like first prints of comics. But I just don't know like a lot of other well, like I don't know a lot of well known non or like other fictional books that aren't I guess like super recent for the most part. Yeah, I, I guess I just kind of had like my one or two authors that I really read, and I didn't really pay attention to other stuff. That's the way I was too. And I, and with me, I, I read so many different fantasy stories and a lot of them were like fantasy epics. And so I, I had all of Raymond E. Feist's books. Those are fucking great. Like, it, like it, if there's anybody out there that's into reading fantasy books, you know, kind of like, you know, a la Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, check out the Raymond E. Feist stuff. Uh, start with the book Magician and then just you'll be able to go from there. They're, they're pretty much all connected. And they're fucking really good. <laughs> they're really good. Like I was so obsessed with those in high school. God, the whole Lord of the Rings, like the movies were kind of cool. I could never read the books, and then it's funny, like seeing the seeing the movies as they came out, and then seeing like a movie like Clerks Two, and the dude how he describes the Lord of the Rings <laughs> movies. Makes fun of it. <laughs> and how he makes fun of it. It's like fuck. It was so simplistic, but yeah, it's pretty fucking true. <laughs> 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 yeah, I haven't read Lord of the Rings in a while. I, I, I used to read it all the time when I was younger. And and then I just got to the point where I was like, God damn, I don't know if I can make it through this again. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so much singing and, and like there's lots of um there's lots and lots more in the books than what went into in the movies. And yeah, they're, they're worth reading at least once, you know. Yeah, that's unfortunate kind of how it usually is, though, with books to movies. It's like a lot's left out of the books and the movies. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You can just do so much more with the written word. Yeah. Yeah, you can describe stuff so much more and allow a person's imagination to take over. But then you have to – and you can you can um, like pan out a lot of internal dialogue within stories and books. But it's so hard to bring in that internal dialogue – of the character in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. They, that's why like, that's why the hunger games books were a lot better than the movies. The movies were like, were still pretty good, but the books were a lot better just because there's a ton of internal dialogue that you get from Katniss that you can't, you just can't get portrayed on a movie screen. Cause it's her just kind of talking within her mind. Cause she's on her, she's on her own for a lot of it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I've never seen the movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, the books were really good. I, I mean, I saw the first movie first before, and then I read the first the series of three books, which they made into the movies. Oh, it's only three books. Yeah, and they're all like three hundred pages, but they're all like pretty like spaced out pages and quick read. So I'm sure, like, if you're a fast reader, you could crank through it in a week 
if you just read those, I would guess a week. Yeah. Huh. I'll be a little bit more open-minded about that in the future then. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise I've been like, fuck that. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting like concept story too. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. I, I mean, I thought I, I enjoyed them. And then, of course, Ready Player One's one you got to fucking read at some point, dude. Yeah, that's definitely on my list. I, I would almost say at this point, for just from kind of hearing like the little bit that Jake was talking about on Pop Culture Leftovers uh, a little while back, um, that the story he read like the leaks, like the script that got um, put online for Ready Player One, and he's a big fan of the book too. And he said, um, he like going into it basically. I just kind of paraphrasing what he said. Basically, it's like going into it. If you go into it knowing it's going to be a lot different from the book, but still kind of a lot of the same like concept then you'll enjoy it a lot because they do change a lot of it but they they make it work for the movie so i'm excited to see like i'm just going to go with open mind knowing it's not going to be because like there's so many properties in the book that you just can't put together on screen because they're owned by all these different production companies and stuff yeah so like you can't throw star wars on screen together with like I mean, they're going to have like the Back to the Future pro- property on there. They're going to have, like in the book, they had the Ghostbusters, Knight Rider, Star Wars, all that stuff together. Like he can mention everything, but in the movie, you can't really put them all together usually. Isn't that a bummer too? That they yeah. can't just fucking do that stuff. It's like, come on, this isn't the main focus of this movie. Well, this I isn't have... a fucking Star Wars movie. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling because just from the trailers, like some of the stuff um, is from the book, but then there's like other properties that aren't from the book to kind of replace ones. Mm-hmm. And I do think that we might get a surprise though, just because Steven Spielberg is the one that's directing this. So, I mean, he's probably got some good, some friends in high places with some of those other properties and he might be able to get like a, a sneak property that was either part of the book and at one of the places or maybe some other completely different property that everyone's like, wow, seeing them on screen together. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. So, and that comes out me with a mouthful of fucking margarita. (laughs) (laughs) And then like the next, I mean, we got black Panther this week. Then it's basically, um, just over a month from then is ready player one. I think it's like end of March. Dude, that's coming right up. Holy shit. Yeah, and then we got fucking end of May is Infinity War. Yeah, I know. I can't believe how close that is. And we've only got one fucking trailer so far. That's so weird. I don't even want to see a fucking... I don't even want to watch the next trailer. I don't need to. <laughs> watch them all. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, it's going to be <laughs> fucking incredible, dude. Like, I don't... This could be one of the best movies ever. Honestly, like, money-wise. It really could. I mean, like, it has the potential. Many, the stakes are fucking up there in this one. And then just depending on how, and like how, I guess, depending on how well this one does, along with, I guess, like the way they write the end of the story for this one, because it's really going to be kind of like a two parter with the one that comes out a year from now or a year from then. Yeah. Um, but as long as this one does really well, and then any all this, I think they have a couple of the different Marvel movies coming out after they got. Uh, Ant and Wasp. And I feel like they got one more coming out later. I mean, if those two movies are really good hits too, then going into 2019, Infinity War 4 or whatever they're going to call it could even be fucking 
more profitable. Yeah, I wonder how much they're going to make on those. Holy shit. Like, I got to imagine they're going to be making like Star Wars numbers. Yeah. You would think like $1.5 to $2 billion globally. I mean, I don't know how much Civil War made globally. I think it was either that one or, unfortunately, I think the third Iron Man were like the two highest grossing. <laughs> I was going to say, I think Iron Man 3 was one of the highest grossing. Yeah, like those are like two of the hot, those two, and I think maybe um, Age of Ultron are like the three highest grossing Marvel movies at this point. Man, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Those movies were okay, but they were not my favorites of the MCU by a fucking long stretch. Civil War was definitely my favorite. That one deserved to be there. Yeah, I mean, I would. It'd be a um, Winter Soldier was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are up there also, but it's it's hard to compare those because the tone t- in those are so different. Yeah, they're totally. It's like it's totally its own thing. Yeah, and like black. I mean, I I really liked. Uh, like I was I was going in with not very high expectations into Ant Man. So seeing Ant-Man in theaters, like I actually had a really good time with it. And it's like a, to me, it's a pretty good Marvel movie. I mean, I don't dislike Ant-Man at all. No, I liked it. Like I don't own all the Marvel movies, but that's one of the ones I own. Yeah. I have one, I have that one. And then I have the winner, like the Captain America movies. The, I don't have any of the Iron Man's, but I have, I have guardians Deadpool, uh, Deadpool doesn't count. Um, <laughs> I mean, Deadpool should count because it's fucking glorious. <laughs> but I think I have, I think I have like um, the main ones besides Iron Man all on DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah, I had bought. Uh, it was a three pack that had all three of the Iron Man movies, and it was just in regular DVD. Yeah, but it was super cheap. It was only like nine forty four or something like that. Yeah, I remember I found. I think it was at Target or something. I found the first, I mean, granted, they're the old Spider-Man, but I found the first three Spider-Man three-pack of Blu-rays for like 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've I was seen like, that before. I was like, fuck, I got to get that. Like, You can't beat that. I mean, <laughs> the first two Spider-Mans weren't that bad. I mean, they weren't horrible. They weren't like the fucking best, but the second one was pretty good. Yeah. I liked that. I liked, um, fuck, what's his name? That played Doc Ock. Oh... Yeah, I, I can oh, totally picture Olivia, the guy. But um, my Olivia, mind's blank. Olivier or something? I don't know. No, that's not right. That's not right at all. So, somewhere listeners are losing their fucking minds. <laughs> right. The fucking unopened Doc Ock. That guy. But you know what else? That guy. <laughs> but what's more important, though, to make this all turn around and all full circle here, do you know what he was first in? Or I don't know if he was first in, but he was in before Doc uh, as Doc Ock. Mm-mm. He was a maverick. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He was like the main, he was kind of like that main villain. <laughs> <laughs> of course you'd know that. <laughs> God, what's his name? That's going to bug me. Now I got to figure out his name. <laughs> like I'm going to, I'm thinking of it. And as I'm thinking of it, I'm going to figure it out. Alfred Molina. There we go. <laughs> I knew it. As I brought up the fucking IMDb, I'd remember it. That's what it is. <laughs> ah, vindication. <laughs> you thought of it. <laughs> threw, threw my phone down with fucking pride. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. 
<laughs> Alfred fucking Molina. In Maverick. Fuck that. It <laughs> <laughs> was a fun poker movie. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, I watched it. It had Jodie Foster in it, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd definitively say not one of her best performances. Oh. <laughs> she, was, she was in some movies, though. Like, you know, think about it. She was in a variety of fucking movies in uh, that time period. She was in that. Fuck no. She wasn't in Twister, was she? Now that was uh, was uh, what's her name? Is it Helen Hunt? Yeah, that's right, Helen Hunt. Um, yeah, and then she was in what? Well, uh, not Deep Impact, but a uh, Contact. Right, Jodie Foster. Yeah. Yep, yep. The movie was pretty good, actually. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever even seen all of that. Really, I've definitely seen some of it. It's pretty fucking interesting. Yeah, I think it was written by um, uh, Carl Sagan. Okay. I think it's based on a book written by him, maybe something like that. It's amazing how many how much shit is actually like from books. Like I didn't know like Westworld was actually a book first before it was a movie in the seventies, and then became the TV show that it is on HBO now. Yeah, that'd probably be worth going back and reading sometime. That's Michael. Is that Michael Crichton? Yeah, that's Crichton from Sim did as Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. I I I went through a Michael Crichton kick when i was like in middle school and i read a shitload of his books jury jurassic park oh yeah yeah i read that one and the lost world how good are like how do the how does the books and i'm I'm assuming the books are better but how does like that first movie compare to the book Uh, it's quite a bit different um so you know how in the movie like the the sister's older yeah well in the book the sister's like younger to the point where like dr grant actually like carries her around quite a bit Okay, like a toddler or younger. Yeah, and and uh, the little boy, Tim, he's the one who's like really into computers and stuff. And there's a hand... It's been so long since I've read it. Um, I remember there was a bunch of shit with pterodactyls in the first one, and that's what almost like the pterodactyl cage in the third movie almost kind of felt like a little bit of a nod to okay. that first book. Uh, the, the Lost World book, the second book, is way better than the movie. It, that one's pretty interesting. Okay. Shit, I might need to read those sometime because I remember that. I mean, this, the movies were the first one was cool, and then the second one was kind of like they are what they are. I haven't seen the Lost or the new one, Jurassic World, yet. Oh, you haven't seen that yet? No, I've heard it's pretty good though. It's excellent, man. Is it? Oh, I yeah. remember. I remember seeing the trailer, and it's pretty fucking cool. Kind of seeing that whole like zoo type concept um, that they were bringing to Jurassic World in the future with like the the crazy. Uh, dinosaurs that were in like the big ass fish tanks or like the big tanks and like they're dangling food up in the air and it jump out of the yeah, water like for they, it they're feeding a fucking great great white, white. god dude, that shit's <laughs> terrifying as fuck dude to see some of that shit live like how big a great white shark is and how how strong it can be to swim up water at that speed to make itself fly out of it <laughs> right? that high something that heavy fly that high out of water with a mouthful of fucking razor sharp teeth. No thanks. Yeah, and that thing's fucking cooking when it breaks the surface, man. Yeah, like if it hit us on this it would break all of our bones in our body probably. Yeah, and it'd like pretty much cut you in half at the same time, you know? Yeah, it'd be Sharknado shit. <laughs> you know, they they pretty much only do that in that one I think it's like off the coast of South Africa, maybe. And it's because of the topography of the ocean there, there's like this deep like cliff like drop off 
and the seals have to swim over the top of that to get from like this island to the shore or something like that. And so they, <laughs> they swim over this like fucking trench type thing where the sharks are able to start really low and get up a shitload of speed. Yeah. And like, have you seen that where they got like a boat and they're just like yeah, dragging, dragging a piece up. of foam that's like yep. they've trimmed out in the shape of a seal? Yeah. Fuck that. Right. Seriously. <laughs> it's fucking terrifying. Dude, the fucking ocean is terrifying the more you think about it. The ocean scares the fuck out of me. Right? Like that's like 90% of our planet is the ocean and we've discovered like less than a percent of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's fucking scary fucking shit. I like, I like where I'm at. Right. Like I, 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 I even mean, like where I'm at in Iowa, I can go out in the woods and I'm still at the top of the food chain unless I like really hurt myself. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm, if I like, if I was in deep water, I would be absolutely fucking terrified. Like mm-hmm. if I fell overboard, like there are so many things that I know about in the water that I don't like. And there's so many things that are in this fucking water that no one knows about that. I pro- I wouldn't like. Yeah. And like, that's like why, like some of like the whole, like that's, I mean, a, a lot of the stories that have been like told over the years, all like even way back on the seas, like in the early days, like Christopher Columbus and stuff like, even though stories like slowly get a little bit more fictional as time goes on, they're all based off of some type of truth at the beginning. And so you got to think they've like over the fucking thousands of years and stuff, there's got to have been some really fucked up shit that people have seen in the ocean. Oh yeah. Creatures and stuff like, I absolutely think there's probably some really like fucking like Loch Ness type style, like animal, (laughs) like sea creatures, like in the water that we just don't know about. Because I mean, we only got the technology to see so deep in the water because it gets so dark. Like you don't know what fucking is down there. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still waiting to see if the Kraken is real. That'd be right? fucking insane. <laughs> well, like, are you seen like the giant squids and shit? You've seen how big those get, right? Oh, yeah. That's fucking crazy. They're like 100 feet. Fucking ridiculous. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the shit like in those fucking terrible horror movies we saw back when Jaws was popular, that, like Octopus or whatever it was called. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? No. <laughs> it was like some... Instead of it being like a sh- like a Jaws shark, great white shark that was attacking everyone, it was like a giant squid, and it wasn't as high production value. But it had um, whoever that <laughs> <laughs> it had whoever that actor was that was the main character Grissom in a uh, CSI for a long time. Oh, okay, I can't think that, of the actor's name, but yeah, I can that, picture him. Yeah, that actor it was like kind of one of his um, early roles before CSI, so he's a little <laughs> bit younger in it. And then there's some young younger um somewhat popular i want to say uh female actress that was it was kind of like one of her first movies kind of like with m- how mark Wahlberg's was fear like that time type of like age like <laughs> God, she was like six, was bad she was like 16 kind of age for this fucking octopus a horror movie so it was not great but it was a kind of like an interesting concept i guess <laughs> <laughs> oh shit do you think we should talk about Men of Wrath yet? That's what I was about to say. I was like, we're almost two hours in. <laughs> we're, <done. laughs> like, we're so far off the rails, we just mentioned the movie Fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get back into our comic talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. Uh, um, so yeah, dude, you turned me on to this book, so why don't you go ahead and uh, intro this? Okay, so Men of Wrath is written by Jason Aaron and the art's done by Ron Garney. And this came out in 2014, and this was the same time that 
Jason Aaron was also write, starting to write Southern Bastards. And if you've if you've read Southern Bastards, if you read this, you'll feel you'll get a lot of the same vibes of Southern Bastards in this comic as well. And it's an icon uh, published from this is from Under Marvel, so this is kind of this is the same publisher that um, we read Nemesis, same one from Millar. Uh, so it's the same pub like in was it like the in stamp or whatever they call them imprint imprint and stamp. Jesus. Fucking <laughs> 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 okay, idiot over here. No, but the like, Crown Royal. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but I mean, this book opens up and you're back in the, I don't know, like 1800s maybe. Yeah. What, so I was just say, yeah. So like it basically just breaks, it starts out with text kind of like you're getting a story from told like a flashback. And um, this, this grandfather named Ism uh has like a farm and some sh- some really old like half dead sheep get on it and he gets into an argument with his neighbor who says um he just wants like the best sheep and not the half dead ones because those were his and all the bad ones were yours and they get into an altercation and he ends up stabbing him in the neck and his son sees it and it kind of goes to the story of basically like that day changed this wrath family for the rest of their life and like and just like their whole lineage of the men's side and then it kind of jumps back into the present and once you start explaining what's going on in the present yeah it's it's fucking wild dude this book opens up so crazy so we get this story that this there's just this violence that has been passed down from father to son in this family and in present day this this wrath what's the main character's first name God damn it, you asked me too quick. <laughs> um, so, is it Ira? Yeah, Ira. Ira, okay. Ira. Okay, like yeah. So, so Ira, this main character, is this fucking grizzled old dude, and he's basically just an assassin for like this fucking redneck gang. Or not an assassin, he's like a hitman. And yeah, the book opens up, he's walking some people out into this fucking swamp with hoods on their heads. And the the dude freaks out and gets fucking blasted. And he tells the lady to take her hood off. And she thinks that she's going to get spared. And he's like, no, you got to drag him to the deep end of the swamp. It's like, oh, what the fuck? Like, she's like, I mean, this book is hardcore, man. I mean, Icon doesn't fuck around, apparently. (laughs) No, dude, Icon's fucking, this is like the hyper-violent shit that you get to see. I mean, it's not like super hyper-violent like Nemesis. But, I mean, you get good graphic panels of when he blows brains out. Oh yeah, like in, the violence in this is just like shocking and fucked up, but like in in a different way than what like Nemesis was like over the top hyper violent. Yeah, the, this, this is, is just like cold hearted shit. Yeah, yeah. So like he be okay, and you know, obviously when when we go into deep dives in these comic top episodes, you know, spoilers on on Menorath here. So you know, continue on with this <laughs> at risk of being spoiled because it's going down. Yeah. And um so yeah, he fucking kills this husband and wife and then gets back to the car and they got a fucking baby in the car seat. And so he like has this little fucking flashback of the like when he held his son for the first time and fucking grabs that car seat and just chucks it right in the swamp too and just watches it sink. Yeah. Holy God. fuck. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, nearly forgot." And he just fucking chucks it out of the car and yeah so he kills the whole family father father uh 
mother and the baby. Like, he doesn't even hesitate at any of it. Yeah. Like, so fucked up, man. Like, I, that was just a hell of a way to open a book. Like, I read that first little bit, like, towards the end of a lunch break, and then I was like, oh, God, now I got to punch back in and go back to work with that rattling around. In my head. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck has Rod gotten me into here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, I, I remember i read this trade like all in one go one morning i was like damn this was a really good series it was a five issue series i was like damn they did a really good job with this yeah yep i read in so i read it for the second time earlier tonight and i read it all in one go like that yep same here and yeah it was it, it's a very good mini series it's fucking super fast paced uh, a lot of good character development in it too like it even with this dude as our main character, and he's the guy that's kind of narrating it as it goes along also. Yeah, yeah. Ira is the kind of like the, I don't know, how old did you say he is, like in his 50s? Yeah, at least. 50s, 60s. And he's just finding out that he has lung cancer and it's kind of having just his discussion with his doctor and all this type of stuff, basically saying that he's never smoked and he only knows... One way that you would get can- lung cancer, the other than that, he's basically saying that his family's just cursed and God put it on him. Yeah, and so he hawks a bloody loogie on a picture of Jesus on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to clean that up, you fuck. Right. But no, what's <laughs> cool, like, too, is like, then we get kind of like him coming back to his, his farm area and it's like surveillance and everything. And it's super basic on the inside. Like he has hardly anything. He doesn't have any type of appliances or furniture really. But he just opens up his like kitchen cabinet and he just has all these stacks of envelopes. It's just all money for every one of his jobs that he does. And then he goes, he's sitting down in his rocker in the next room and he has every type of high powered semi auto automatic, full automatic rifle gun that you could think of. Oh, yeah. Like, John would <laughs> lose his mind in that room. Right. Like, everything. He's got fucking sniper rifles. He's got handguns. He's got AKs. He's got it all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the dude lives like a fucking psycho. Right. Like, like when he's driving down his driveway, there's all the no trespassing signs. and like, Wow. I mean, right. So... Our protagonist in this story is like a really scary, really despicable fucking guy. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, well, we get some some people like show up to give him a new job. And um, God, th- these people are fucking crazy. And they know who they're fucking with, too, because they like stop halfway down the driveway and like flash the lights three times. <laughs> yeah, it's another that they're like. As a friend or whatever, basically. <laughs> yeah. So otherwise, they'll just kill you. Yeah, yeah. And so he goes out and he's talking to him out on the porch. And I love the bad guy's got that fucking awesome line where he's like, you can invite me inside. The mosquitoes out here are big enough to fuck Dobermans. Right? I read that. I was like, who the fuck thinks of that? Like, I've never heard that <laughs> saying once before in my life. <laughs> i never heard that before either. <laughs> a mosquito fuck a Doberman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, he gets handed a new job, and, like, it's his fucking son. Yeah, that's what we end up finding out, is, like, he basically gets this new job, and then you find out that you get to, like, a few panels of basically this guy trying to rob a convenience store, and he puts a gun, he puts a gun up to a fucking bulletproof cased 
like convenience store and he's <laughs> trying to ask what his mask was is that wolverine it's a wolverine mask that's what i thought i was like is that wolverine <laughs> it's awesome that they can throw that image shit in there or the marvel shit in there yeah um but yeah so then he's basically running from the cops at this point because he didn't get the money and you hit you get to see a conversation between him and his uh pregnant wife or girlfriend i don't think they ever do they ever distinguish yeah i don't know i don't know if they do because ira refers to her you know as as you know his son's wife because uh what the fuck's his son's name uh, I, I didn't bother taking notes for this one. It shows Ruben. Ruben. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ru- hey, Ruben. <laughs> See, yeah, when, when I was talking to Ruben, he's like, you know, saying like threatening his wife and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, it's definitely somebody. It's a meaningful, significant other. Yeah, and so that's what we find out the very end of the first issue is that um, Iris shown up at where the um, the wife's staying at the hotel. And she's on the phone with Ruben, basically saying, your father's showing up. And he's like, what? And that's how the first issue ends. Yeah. It's a very strong first issue. Yes, it is. Oh, can, <laughs> um, can we get a quick break? Yeah, absolutely. We'll be right back. right we're back what up (laughs) (laughs) so yeah what did you think of that is like just kind of like a standalone number one oh i thought it was a fucking great story i mean it gave you some really fucking sweet like action scenes in the first few pages it's giving you an interesting story of of like before and present and kind of showing you how everything's connected and you see some just violent shit in those first few pages I just love the way they end the first issue with that that kind of twist that the next person that this hitman has to kill is his own son. Yeah. So I like this. I was just really interested to see like how this like story was going to keep going. Yeah, I mean, we finished that issue one with some really high stakes because I mean, we know this guy's this guy's a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he's already he's already killed a baby. Like, what's what's to make him not kill his own son? Yeah, exactly. Ugh. And um, so issue two, like I would describe issue two as the flashback issue. Yeah. Because, I mean, it pretty much tells the whole story of what went south for Ruben that he ends up, you know, like on his dad's fucking hit list, you know. And that, dude, that whole story, his story's fucking tragic, really. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, this is you don't want to explain what what happened with Ruben and how he ended up where he was at? Yeah, so basically like in the second issue we kind of get the flashback of the um, the grandfather of Ira and him basically getting rabies, killing his wife and then his he killing all of his sons except uh one and he killed seven of his kids. Yeah, he killed seven of his eight kids and his Monroe ends up blasting his own dad's uh, head off with a shotgun from like an inch away. And you just get a panel of like just straight explosion head blown up. 
and then you got a, you I mean you got his son Ruben in this car chase and you kind of get flashbacks of Ruben and his girlfriend at the time and you find out she gets pregnant after they have sex yeah and he's giving a tour with her legs up over his shoulders right condom, boy. condom condom broke <laughs> 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 and uh then you kind of you see him in his work and his boss kind of offering him the that he could get um some extra money for what the kid. a fucking scumbag of a boss too right right he's fucking hitting golf balls around a goddamn warehouse <laughs> Ugh. and uh he's basically telling him like hey well, you can get some straight cash money doing some trouble stuff at night and at first Ruben denies it and says nah I'll, I'll do something else and then finding out she's pregnant and how much it's going to cost for everything then he decides to do it and we get Ruben basically this guy has hired all these other guys to kill um, people's horses on their land and yeah, to just like send a message to this guy that owes money they're going to gonna this kill bad those horses. yeah so they're just going to every, everybody gets 50 bucks for every horse that they kill and so the other guy starts shooting horses. The horses are running, but Ruben just can't seem to pull the trigger. He finally does on one and ends up having a, one of the kids uh, from the property on the horse that was riding at night. And the kid broke his leg, can't can't get away. The leader, Puck, shows up, or Polk shows up, and basically tells him, like, hey, all right, you got to kill this kid now because he's seen us offering more money to to kill him and he doesn't he gets into a fight with him and he runs away but then like the fucking next page we get is uh poke just fucking blowing this kid's head off with a shotgun oh. fucking nuts <laughs> it is so nuts and so it's like you can really sympathize with ruben it's like he's just in this pinch he needs money because he's in this bad situation he shouldn't have fucking agreed to go do that shit and he did and quickly found out that he doesn't have the fucking stomach for it. He's not like his dad. Yeah. And so, yeah, now, you know, these guys that, that he pissed off there, you know, they're the ones that hire his dad to go out and kill people. And so now he's the next one on his dad's list. And he's freaking out because his dad's in this fucking motel with his pregnant girlfriend. His dad's, and he's getting chased by the cops the whole time. I love how he loses the cops. Oh yeah, but the train. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets through this intersection right before a train. It's like Fast and the Furious shit. Yeah, absolutely, and it's like, wow, what a fucking crazy way to end issue two, right? Yeah, dude, look at the fucking. Uh, like, I wonder. I'm guessing that. Um, are, are you looking in the trade right now? Yep. So, like the chapter three trade with like the background of the kind of like the the window pane that you would see at a church. Oh, were those the actual covers to the comics? I'm wondering if they were because at the back of my trade, they've got like a, vo- a bunch of variant covers and stuff like that. Yeah, same here. So I'm wondering if these are the original covers that it's Dude, showing. This issue three covers crazy. You got, the, you got him with a fucking gun with a guy that's on his knees. And his guns are like in the mouth basically of this dude in a church. <laughs> yeah. fucking crazy and and yeah i mean that that has a lot with what goes on in this issue too (laughs) yeah and you know as usual this one starts off with a flashback earlier and so we're seeing ira when he was a little boy and so monroe monroe wrath the guy that was the dude that we saw you know kill his dad that had had rabies at the beginning of issue two 
now he's an older guy in this. He's killed Ira's mom, and they don't get very far before the cops apprehend him. And Ira says, that was the last time I ever saw my daddy. And then I read about him in the papers when they gave him the electric chair. Holy shit. But like, so then that little bit of violence gets passed down to him too, because as they're walking out of the house, he sees his mom dead on the floor. Yeah. Fuck dude. <laughs> yeah. So it's <laughs> so just this, this fucking curse. Yeah. And then, yeah, in present day, he's got, he's meeting Ruben at this church and it's full of fucking people. He handcuffs her to the steering wheel of the truck and he goes in, sits next down or sits down next to Ruben in the back and is like, come on, let's go outside and do this. And Ruben's like, no, I'm not leaving. And his dad's like, all right, you want to do this the hard way? He goes out, puts a fucking ski mask on and then comes back into the fucking church pointing guns. And fuck, dude, this shit goes so fucking sideways in this church. Could you fucking believe that in this issue? Right. Yeah, dude, he fucking like he basically walks up to him with the gun in there. The preacher's trying to like tell him to calm down. Like this is a place of God, and he fucking pistol whips the preacher, um, shoots a couple of the people that are trying to run out as uh, his son gets away, and fuck, he goes out to the graveyard. People aren't getting out of his way fast enough. He blasts one person in the fucking head, <laughs> just blows their brains out. Like, oh, you didn't need to move faster. Oh, yeah, it's just wholesale fucking murder, dude. I mean. When you first sold this book to me, you said it was like a cross between Southern Bastards and John Wick, and you are not fucking far off, <laughs> right? Like you think about if you put like yeah, you put the fucking the violence, like the style of violence from uh, Southern Bastards, basically with just the weaponry of John Wick or precision of weaponry with John Wick, and that's what it is. Yeah, it's like Coach Boss crossed with John Wick. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously. You can't kill this motherfucker and he, he's got he's got a fucking evil side to him. I mean, John Wick's <laughs> was more just revenge, but still it's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. I I don't ever want to see a scene of John Wick throwing a fucking kid that's still strapped to a car seat in the fucking water. Right? You know? Yeah, John Wick's like the good side of this crossover. <laughs> yeah. God, could you imagine John Wick going up against Ira? Oh God! That'd be, epic. <laughs> That'd be some be fun epic. fan fiction. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Still one off. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be kind of cool. But yeah, so fucking, and I love that scene with the the priest with the fucking Side rifle. Yeah. Also, they got that fucking Mexican standoff. Yeah, it's the- great because he's fucking talking like he's like, yeah, I was in um, I I don't even know how to pre- Fubei. In, not in Fubei in 68. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but I'm assuming that was part of what, the Vietnam War? Yeah, it had to have been somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> P-H-U-B-A-I. <laughs> yeah, Fubei, Fubai, I don't know how it's pronounced. But basically, like, he's over a gravestone with his rifle saying, that I wasn't always a preacher. And um, Ira's talking back at him. He's like, yeah, that was back in 68. And they both shoot at each other. And Ira catches the preacher in the throat and the preacher shoots him in the shoulder and then Ira walks up to him and just fucking blasts his head off. He's got that fucking great line. He's like, you may have been one hell of a soldier once, but these days you shoot like a goddamn preacher. Yeah. And then just fucking boom, boom. Next panel. (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. 
And I love the head. I love the fact that they do so many headshots in this. Well, that's why it makes me think of John Wick because, I mean, that movie he fucking has headshot. He goes what? He always goes body shot then headshot to finish him off. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking. It's great. I love how he does it too with every single person in the movies. He's just boom, one in the chest, one in the head. Like guaranteed, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be far of a stretch to see this character Ira picking up a pencil and killing two fucking people, two three people in close close proximity with it. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, he definitely could. But yeah, I mean, he's kind of distracted with the stuff with the priest or with the priest and. um yeah, Ruben knocks him out with a rock and then takes his gun and, well, basically just fucking runs, right? Yeah. Do you think, all right, so just looking at these panels, here could be a horrible movie casting, but it could be fucking great to see this fail on screen. You have as the you have as Ira, you have Harrison Ford. Okay. <laughs> and then as Ruben, you have Ryan Gosling. it could either be really good or really bad like over it could either be like super overacted or like they could they could do it in a really well way like a really good way i guess yeah i I don't know if that'd even be able to work though since they just had that blade runner movie together (laughs) (laughs) you know because i mean that'd be the first thing that everybody would be talking about with it i mean i haven't even seen the shit and that's the first thing i brought up Right, I haven't seen it either. But I mean, the, just looking at the panels of the guy, kind of looks like a Harrison Ford type face for an older guy. Yeah, I could see that, especially they fucking scar up his face and everything for the. Yeah. Movie. I mean, but there's so many good actors out there nowadays. Like, it really could just surprise anybody with whoever they play. Yeah, I could see Stephen Lang being able to pull this off too. Yeah. And um, I, dude, I loved how this fucking ended with when he's climbing up. He's surrounded by the wrath gravestones. Yeah, you see what th- four of them? There's three that are still intact, and the fourth one's broken off in half. Yeah. So basically, yeah, his whole family is buried there. Yep. And this constant thing that we've been having going through all these issues is Ira constantly coughing up blood. Yeah, yeah. You find out in that first issue that we we uh, glanced over was. That when he was there coughing up blood at the doctor's office, they asked him how long he'd been doing that. He said probably about a year. So it's been going on a while, so the cancer is pretty serious at this point. Yeah. And so we got uh, issue four here. Starts off with a flashback of when Ruben was a little kid, and he's sitting at the dining room table with with Ira, and he's asking where his mom's at, and and Ira pretty much just tells him. You know, not here, you know, don't leave the t- damn TV on when you go to bed. And then so he's grabbing like a fucking hacksaw and a gun and walking out the door. It's like, fuck, whatever happened to Ruben's mom can't be good. Yeah. And now, like, now that we're looking at this again, after reading this through a couple times, these panels are kind of sad. Like, oh, they're way sad. Dude. Yeah. Like when you think about it, like first time reading through it, like you don't really know what has happened. And then knowing how it ends to going back and looking at these panels again and seeing kind of the expression on their faces, it really is like super sad. Yeah. I mean, in these panels, we just got Ruben as just this scared little kid that has to live in the same house as this fucking super violent psycho with for a fucking dad, you know? It's Dude, I love, 
I love the colors on this page too because it's like that a lot of like dark shadowing but then the whole room like the whole all the panels are basically lit up from the TV that's on with the yeah. with the lights off so you kind of get that blue background for kind of there's just that ominous sad emotion that's coming through on these panels Mhm. And you just see like the the sadness on the kid's face his head's kind of down sitting on the couch just kind of quick answers to his dad. Yeah, I bet he fucking learned that the hard way. Yeah. Yeah, it's super sad. And then um in present day he's back at the motel room uh with his girlfriend and he's grabbing a gun and he's saying he's gonna go back out and he's gonna kill his dad. And I, I love how you know, when it shows the relationship that he has with her it's it's different. Like Ruben doesn't feel like a wrath the way that you've read the other ones in this book. And I like he's saying that, you know, if the, if we do end up having a boy, how about we give him your last name? <laughs> so I mean, he he wants to see this fucking shit stop, you know. He doesn't want this to carry on. Yeah, he's done with it as well. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was kind of fucked up though on this next page he stops and fucking kills a horse to get his fucking resolve going. It's like, what the fuck did Jason Aaron have against horses when he wrote this? Right? Yeah, I mean, definitely I I would assume he has to be from down south cuz both of his big comics um are based out of Alabama or Texas. Or yeah, they both of these are in Alabama, so I'd imagine he has to be from Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> I think arguably his biggest comics was probably his work with Thor. <laughs> eh. <laughs> I think Southern Bastards is his fucking best one. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I haven't I haven't read any like I've never been enticed to read Thor, but Oh my god, his Thor books are so good. Are they? Damn it, yeah. right. uh, how when did he write when did he write Thor? <laughs> he's been writing them for a while, dude. So like he's the first ones he started writing was um I'll send you the list because I'm going to fucking fuck it up just trying to do it from memory. Uh, but, so he started on. off just writing his Thor, hold you know, Thor Odinson. I'll find it too. Yeah. And then it, it like they should have them all on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. Let me see what they say. Yeah. And so then it's, I think it's like Thor, God of Thunder is maybe the first one or something like that. And then it goes in and it tells the story, you know, with the lady Thor. And then he wrote the Unworthy Shit. Thor miniseries, which was fucking dope. And then he's still writing the Mighty Thor right now, which is the further telling of Jane Foster Thor. God, he has a ton. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all on, fucking dope, dude. They're all some, so good. He has some Wolverine from 2003. He's on Ghost Rider. Um, some more Wolverine from that 2003. Yeah, yeah. he's written a fuckload of Marvel, dude. Black Panther, shit, that might be good. Well, I've never read his Black Panther stuff. I gotta check that out. Yeah, Wolver, yeah, more American Eagle, Ghost Rider. Damn it, he's on. I haven't really read any Ghost Rider ever. Now I read a little bit of some of the new Ghost Rider stuff, like recently with Marvel. Well, it was probably like a year ago or so, but I didn't get that entranced with it. Yeah, he's done a ton of Wolverine. Like a lot of Wolverine. Oh, nice. Fuck, yeah. 
I didn't realize he did. I didn't realize he's been part of like Marvel and shit this long. He's done some, a little bit of X Men, some Incredible Hulk, but yeah, I'm seeing a ton of Wolverine throughout the years. Yeah, arguably this has got to be his most violent work. Oh yeah, I would definitely say I can't imagine Marvel, uh, their main imprint would ever allow this. Yeah, then Thor, God <laughs> of Thunder in 2012 is when he started Thor stuff. Yeah, and then doesn't he have Thor, Goddess of Thunder? Um, let's see, yes, Thanos. Thanos, he has Thanos Rising in 2013. Then God of Thunder still is going on. Uh, still got a Thunder. When did Goddess of Thunder start, you think? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head. I'm terrible at dates. <laughs> But I know you could probably break his Thor run down into like three different main books, which is like the Thor God of Thunder, and then I think it's Thor Goddess of Thunder, and then the Mighty Thor. So he has Thor number one in 2014. That looks like uh, the Jane Foster. Okay. And then he's done. He did Star Wars and Thor for a while. Um, let's see, Weird World, some more Star Wars, Doctor Strange. Mighty Thor. Yeah, so Mighty Thor started in 2015. Yeah, yep. And I'm current on that one. That, that's that been fucking great. And I've just been slowly catching up on the other ones. Are the books or the movies anything, are any of those storylines actually like storylines from the comics or do they kind of vaguely use a storyline in any of the movies? Nothing that I've read so far, but like I said, I'm still catching up with the older stuff. Okay. But I'm I'm current on the the Mighty Thor right now, and that one's been good, because because my introduction into Jason Aaron was reading, um, the Unworthy Thor, which was I believe a five issue miniseries. So are all these different Thors basically like different universe Thors? No, um, so kind of something that happened, I believe this was towards the end of Secret Wars, maybe. Um, Nick Fury whispers something into Thor's ear and Thor drops Mjolnir and he's not never able to pick it up again afterwards. Okay. So there was a, a secret that Nick Fury whispered to him and it made Thor unworthy. And then Mjolnir started calling to Jane Foster and then she picks it up. And then when she picks it up, she actually transforms into this other Thor that is, you know, a woman and wears a mask. And so there's a big mystery as to who it was for a long time. And even now, like the power people, the, like the power structure in Asgard and stuff doesn't know who she is. They don't know. They know who Jane Foster is and they know who this, what they call it, like a, a thief basically. Cause they, they look at it like she stole Mjolnir, even though okay. you know it's like, Hey, nobody steals Mjolnir. Like you have to be worthy to pick the fucking thing up. Okay. So nice. it's it's really fucking great. But then at the same time, Jane Foster has cancer and she's dying. And so every time she transforms into into Thor, it basically purges like all of the, like the chemo and everything out of her body. Yeah, so accelerates all the it. And, yeah, all the treatments and stuff that she's taking are not having any effect. So then like are the un- is like the unthird- unworthy Thor run kind of like Thor's interaction – in the world without uh, Mjolnir? Uh, he 
gets told that there is another Mjolnir, which is the one that's from the Ultimate Universe. Now, okay. when the Ultimate Universe collapsed, that hammer was so powerful that it punched a hole in reality and ended up in the Prime Universe. And so it's him questing after it, while at the same time there's all these other villains that are trying to get it as well, like the Collector and Thanos and, and all of them. Okay. That and sounds pretty cool. It's a fucking really good five-issue series. It's cool. It's got Beta Ray Bill in it. and oh, Nice. I gotta check that out. It's good shit. And, and Thor is using, I believe it's uh, Yarnbjorn, which is like the big axe that he carries. And since he can't fly and stuff, he's got uh, this big fucking goat named Tooth Nasher that, that like, <laughs> he rides around on. It's, it's so fucking metal. <laughs> Tooth <laughs> it's, Nasher. Yeah, it's fucking rad, dude. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good really yeah. good because in the first issue like he almost gets his hand on it because nice. you can tell that like it's like you know every day i got a battle towards this and you know every day the the odds are against me even higher you know but today's the day i'm gonna reach it and it's it's a fucking rag because when other people try and pick it up like it doesn't it's not like regular mjolnir where we just see them struggle and they can't move it like they actually get like a fucking bolt of lightning brought down on them if they're unworthy nice yeah and so the collectors kind of got it and he's holding thor prisoner also or he's just known as odin's son now and so he's got odin's son held prisoner and every day you know odin's son is breaking out and trying to get to the ultimate mjolnir to pick it up yeah see if he can yeah and oh it's fucking great (laughs) because when the collector tried to pick it up it almost fucking killed him Oh shit! And so he's just holding on to it as part of his collection. So, but he's trying to keep fucking Thor away from it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it makes me really want to read some more of that stuff. Like that's the thing with Marvel. Like they have so much, they have such a big catalog. It's somewhat overwhelming to figure out where to where to start. But they have a lot of really good stories. And like, I mean, I, I mean, I know you probably read some. I don't know how much like Marvel stuff you actually have on your current pull list, but since they come out with issues a lot of the, on a lot of these runs like bi-weekly, don't they? Yeah, some of them. See, yeah. I'm not that current with Marvel either. Yeah, so like to me like if you're someone that likes to read comics but like is trying to save some money, like I I have Marvel Unlimited and it's fucking great because basically they have almost like every fucking Marvel comic up to 6 months ago. They have so many runs of stuff complete that you get to read like they have the whole ultimate spider-man universe that's like 120 some issues that you can read all this mighty thor and unworthy thor and thor stuff we're talking about they have every single one of these issues i mean they got stuff from way back in the 60s it's fucking great nice yeah that's a fucking dope app dude yeah it's like what i think it's like for a year it's like 50 or 60 bucks if you pay up front compared to it's like eight or nine bucks a month otherwise. So, I mean, it's, and you, there's always deals on them. Like that's, what's great with it. Like that's the only thing that comiXology sucks with is like, they just have a lot of first trades of stuff. Yeah. So it's like you read, I want to fucking read this whole series, but I can only read the first five issues. And it's like, (laughs) I know I signed up for comiXology unlimited again about a month ago. And I haven't even been using it that much, so I've been kicking around. I'm like, I might just fucking cancel the unlimited part of this again. It was cool the time I did it because um, Marvel Unlimited, or not Marvel Unlimited, Comixology Unlimited in the, that month 
it was like the 25th anniversary of image. So they put a, t- a lot of the image series, almost like every image line, first couple trades on comiXology or the full series, depending on which one it was. Um, in their comiXology. So I did like the first month for free and was just blasting through all these different image titles to figure out which ones I wanted to get like legit hard, um, like hardbound trades of and stuff. And it was fucking great. Like that's how I read Alex and Ada. Um, that's how I started on nail biter. Like it's fucking great. <laughs> nice. Yeah. They do have lots of first trades on it. And that's the only reason I haven't pulled the trigger yet. It's cause it's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to carve out the time and I'm going to read this trade and that trade. <laughs> it's like, eh, you haven't well, done it yet. You're just well, like be, paying eight ninety nine for nothing. <laughs> well, it'd be fucking awesome if they did like what Marvel Unlimited does where they just keep huge back inventory and stuff. Like think how great it would be to be able to go on a comiXology unlimited and just be able to start reading the whole walking dead series digital. Yeah, that would be cool to be able to in do that, in that like format because that. that's like a hundred and fucking seventy six issues now. I mean, even if they did six months back, you'd still be up to like one seventy two, one seventy three on it. Yeah, like to be able to just like know, okay, if I want to go back and if I want to read Walking Dead, I can just go to this app and I got access to every single issue up to this point. And it's so convenient, like in reading on like a tablet or an iPad. I mean, it's like the fucking exact size of a comic book page. Yeah. So the app always works really well on those. I just looked down at my hands on where we're at in Minerap. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of the third chapter. <laughs> and I'm like, how did we get to talking about comicsology? Oh, fuck it. You don't need a creative segue. <laughs> All, right. All right. Back to the comic. This comic. I love this part, dude. We got Ira in the fucking store. And he's buying bandages and shit like that because he's got to dig this boulder or bullet out of his shoulder. And the town cop comes up and starts talking to him. And what a pussy of a cop, right? Like, everybody's afraid of this motherfucker. Yeah, he comes up super hesitant. He's like, so- sorry to bother you, but um, can I talk, for you, talk to you for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> he's basically, yeah, he basically is just saying that, like, uh, well, we're getting kind of a lot of heat now that you accident- you killed that preacher. And all this stuff. And he's basically saying that we know you killed him, but no one's, everyone's afraid to say it was you because they know you'll kill him. <laughs> and then he basically goes back at the sheriff saying like, hey, if you actually did your job, I wouldn't have to do mine. Yeah. And that's kind of true. Oh, it is true. The cop's letting this fucking shit go on. If he would just go and arrest this guy that's actually paying Ira to do this shit. You know, I mean, that's where, that's really where all this is coming from. Yeah, as Ira's getting paid to basically, a lot of these things he's doing is basically to kill people because they aren't paying their debts that they owe someone else. So, And a lot of those things that people owe debts to was for other illegal activities. So if the cops were actually doing their jobs to begin with, there wouldn't be all these people out here with all these debts. Yeah, yeah. And I love how he's walking away. The cop's like, hey, you're bleeding, Mr. Rath. He's like, how about that? Must be going around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, about that. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, he goes home and he digs that fucking bullet out. And then, um, yeah, his son's there. Like, Ruben's going to fucking kill him, pointing a gun in his face. And that's when he kind of finds out that his dad's dying. And 
And yeah, right as he's about to pull the trigger, that's when kind of Ruben gets the upper hand on him and does some fighting back. And then I didn't see the fucking change of heart coming at the end of this. Oh, no. Yeah, like he basically, like first Ruben gets him down into the kitchen or whatever and starts, he shoots him in the fucking shoulder again. Then he shoots him in the knee. And it's basically saying, like, I, I can, I'm going to kill you. You're going to do this to me and my family or whatever. And he's back and forth. And then last second, right when he's about to pull the trigger, he, um, Ira realizes, oh, he's actually going to do it. And then they get to a fucking fight. And they're going back and forth, fighting each other. And basically, um, at the end of it, Ira's like, all right. It's like if you just didn't have the courage, if you didn't, if you could didn't do what everyone else in our family's done, like you could have changed or whatever. And he tells him like, listen, like take all that money I have, all these. He has like, how many envelopes do you think he has in there? Hundreds. Oh, dozens at least. I mean, he's got like almost like a whole level, like a whole shelf and a half full of just these envelopes stacked. And they're Each all one's got $10,000. Yeah, so I, I would imagine he's probably got like half a million up there. Oh, yeah, at least. Yeah, maybe even a million. And he basically tells the son, listen, like, take all this. Get out of here. Because, like, just ki- like he's basically tells him, like, killing me isn't going to f- solve your problems because those people are still going to come after you. So, like, just run. Like, take this money and just jet. And... Yeah, under no circumstances ever come back here. Yeah, so his dad goes from trying to kill him the day before to deciding, like, maybe he could be the one that changes because he got away from us so young. And so he's like, just take the money. And then you find out after that happens that the the um, fiancé or the wife's about to give birth. She's in the hospital. Um you kind of get like flashes between the two scenarios of Ira in the house and Ruben on the way to the hospital. Ira is contemplating suicide. He puts the gun to his head, but he can't do it. And then you got Ruben running into the hospital to go see his wife. And you find out that that whole um, gang that he was working with to shoot the horses is there at the hospital, basically saying, Oh, your kid's about to be an orphan. They have guns in their hands. Mm, not not good. No, when the one's fucking super hillbilly with the fucking suspenders. Super hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> get the fucking guy with the mullet, and then you got the other goofy guy with the fucking I don't even know what type of hat that is, the bucket hat, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like he's pointing a gun at suspenders guy's head. Right, like I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> so yeah, I mean this issue, like this issue had a lot of roller coaster in it, you know, a lot of ups and downs. And we see some shit finally going good for Ruben. And then, man, that last page of this with all those people standing there with guns, that's not good. And then, no, I mean, and then right the way number, number four opens up with, or chapter five opens up with, um, like Ruben's dead on the ground. He's full of fucking bullets. These guys didn't fuck around. They killed him. Yeah, do you, and do you think it's shadowing or uh, yeah? Never mind. I answered my question. I was gonna say, I was wondering if all that black would you say that's all blood or? And then I realized that there's like kind of like blood splatter in the black. So yeah, let's say yeah, he's definitely got shot five, six, seven, eight times all over his body. 
Yeah, and it's at the same time that Lizzie's given birth, and oh, it's, they even hear the gunshots in the delivery room. It's all, fuck. What do you think of, so after you see the delivery going on, you get like three, three or four pages of just black with white dialogue. What do you think of that? That is Ira having a dream that he's out in the field with the sheep and all of the wraths that have come before him are all there in the ways that they died. And so it's like a, a, a near death, like fever dream almost that Ira is having because he says that there's another one. He said, I could see somebody else further on some poor bastard who looked to be full, shot full of holes. And so that's, that's his son that he's seeing. And so then he's like, you know, I know death's coming. So I just lay down there as well. And then he actually wakes up in a hospital bed because the cops had went to go tell him that his son was dead and they found him on the floor and they go and show him his son's body. And like, he fucking flies into a rage and kills that fucking cop that he confronted in the store. Yeah. He fucking beats him with the, like the IV walking stand. Mm hmm. And then takes his gun and shoots around the back of the head. Yeah. And just leaves him dead slumped over Ruben's body. Like, no no hesitation shit. at all. Yeah. Yeah. She's all right. I need this fucking gun. <laughs> You're fucking worthless. You're fucking dead. Yeah. And yeah, he goes home and his house has been ransacked. All his guns are gone. He knows that they would have found his truck that Ruben was driving. So he knows they took all of his fucking money also. And he's like, you know, they assumed that I was pretty much dead otherwise they never would have dared step foot in my house and um and so yeah he's he's hanging out in there and that that gang of dudes that had killed his son come up to take him out and dude what sort of shit do they get into on the way to the house dude all i gotta say is if they ever made this miniseries into a movie how great of a fucking scene this would be yes getting this because like you get the whole group of these guys Showing up to his place, like short, showing up a little bit shorter on his driveway, and they sneak up through the woods. But then the first thing that happens is the one dude's leg gets caught in a bear trap. Then the, the to quiet the dude up, the other guy shoots him in the head. You get to see that panel. Then you just get to see the whole um, gunfire back and forth between the house of all these guys outside and Ira inside. And you're getting this dialogue from Ira basically saying that these guys are stupid to start shooting first considering I have a bulletproof house with three inches of steel in the walls. And so he's just picking off all these dudes. He's got some type of explosive under one of his trucks outside. He blows up some more dudes. Fucking Claymore dude. Is that okay? That's how that was. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then, uh, he knocks, he kills out basically four of the five dudes that are left. They bring out some Molotov cocktails, and he's like, oh, you should have done that first. But no, so then he shoots them, and the Molotov cocktails blow uh, blow up. And then you get an interesting um, jump to another scene where uh, this, is it, they never really specify the time, but the way this, like, this spreads laid on the table, I almost feel like it's almost Thanksgiving. Yeah. So... You're just in this other um, big uh, property land house and this family sitting down to dinner and they're just saying a blessing and you notice in, this, in the dialogue it's the Polks. So this is like the head people of that group that hired 
uh, Ruben to kill those horses. Mm-hmm. And then you start getting more of these. You get the panel of Ira with his gun to the back of the Polk's head as they're praying. Yes. <laughs> this is great. Oh, and he's all fucking burnt up yeah. and shit from his Dude, house. Like, ha- half of his shirt's burned off his body. You get burn marks and smoke marks all over his face. And then it just goes back to these black pages. And I really thought this was interesting because you don't, I don't see it a whole lot in comics is where they, he just did when he's in this kind of like his dream state or his dying stage. They go to just all black panels, like just a black page with the dialogue. Like you don't see that a whole lot. And I thought that was kind of interesting and it worked really well in this book. Yeah. Yes, it did. And it was just the narration bubbles that are in it. And it's fucking great. We And then we get Ira laying in a hospital bed and Lizzie's there with the baby in her arms and she's kind of filling him in, you know, saying, hey, there's cops outside the door. You know, you you killed that whole gang and then you went to the boss's house and you shot him in the head while he was praying and then sat down in his chair and went face first into the mashed potatoes. Right, that was so fucking great. <laughs> That's so fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll just blow your brains out, and I'm just gonna pass out. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Lizzie's not having it. Like she basically tells him, you know, hey, you know, you you thought you were gonna go out in this blaze of gunfire, you know, like like a wrath should, but instead you're just gonna go out in your sleep, just withering away in a hospital bed. You know, that's that's your great punishment. And and he tries telling her, you know, hey, there's going to be trouble in that little baby someday. It's it's all started with those damn sheep, and it's gone father to son ever since. And uh, what's Lizzie tell him? Uh, she tells him, well, it has ended because she had a daughter. She doesn't say it directly, but she infers it. And he's yeah. like, oh, so... You- you have a daughter and that's then the last panel, the last page he asks what her name is and she doesn't say anything. The next panel that we get is the very last page of the comic. And you just see Ira lying down in his hospital bed and the dialogue saying it started with some sheep. It ends with an old man dying in his bed in between a bunch of folks got killed that there's a story of the rafts, make it up what you will. Or don't like I give a fucking shit. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that was just Jason Aaron saying like I just needed to fucking tell this story. I don't give a shit if you like it or not. Fuck you. Here we go. What an amazing way to wrap that up. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I don't I don't know for sure. Um, I know his I, I believe his father passed away. I don't know when it was, but the, if it's if it was during this time, I, I could definitely see it in his writing. Yeah. Especially when you think about like that first story arc of Southern Bastards. If these were both going on around the same time. Yeah, it is lots of father heavy themes in it. Yep. Yeah, that would be a tough thing to go through and you know, being a writer, I could definitely see that come out in your craft. Oh yeah. Dude, I'm I gotta say, like, I haven't read I don't know if I've really read anything else. Besides these last two comics that we've talked about from Icon, but I kind of want to start checking out more stuff from this imprint. Yep, <laughs> I've been thinking that throughout the episode too. <laughs> I was like, I mean, these are both really, both really good, and I've honestly, I had never heard of them because I don't feel like they Marvel ever really at, promotes or advertises this imprint. Like, I don't fucking know of 
I don't even know if like a comic my comic shops have fucking icon imprint stuff. Like yeah, you'd individual think it would just issues have to be mixed in with like the the other Marvel stuff maybe. Or like I don't know if they just don't take the individual issues and they just have like the trades. That could be it. Maybe it's things where, you know, it's like you're going to get it if you order it through the preview catalog or something like that. Yeah, like they're not going to – these aren't ones that they'll carry in the store because they just don't get enough volume of them from people. But yeah. So we'll just carry the trade of them. But if you want the individual issues, we can order them specifically for you. Yeah, like like they're not in a hurry to make all, Icon like a wall book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I mean I think they're just afraid to have like someone say that image type material – is part of Marvel. Like, that's on, too on, bad. But I mean, there's so it, many, like think about the, like Jason Aaron, like how much, how much Marvel stuff he's written, but yet how good of other stories he individually has. Like when he does anything, Marvel and Thor Wolverine, like there's still a kind of generic guideline that he has to follow. Yeah. For this character, like no matter what, but when it does like, an icon imprint with Marvel or image, he can do whatever the fuck he wants to talk about. And like both of these have been great. Clearly he has a lot of Southern influences and he, in these first, and especially in Southern bastards, like clearly the grittiness to it. Like he has a really good gritty storyline that he can tell and he puts really good twists into it, but he still lays it out really well in the story. Like it's still very well explained and easy to follow. Yeah. And then I wonder what I wonder what the ownership of this is being that Icon is an imprint of Marvel. You know, because you know, the whole thing with Image is it's all creator owned. Yeah. I wonder if he owns <laughs> I wonder if he actually owns Menorath. Yeah, I wonder that would be interesting. I mean, that would be So like with that I wonder so would would Netflix be allowed to create any of these comp- these uh, properties then? With Malar World? Well, like this isn't Malar World, but would they they be able to create this? Like if they wanted to? See, I don't know. Like because, I don't like, know who owns it. Like technically, Disney. Yeah, I mean, well, Disney owns it, but they're they're not going to put that up on their Disney streaming. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a shocker. <laughs> That'd be fucking nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll have to do some digging into that because that is interesting. And I would like to read some more icon stuff because so far both the ones I've read have been fucking great. Yeah. And it's and it clearly like it's they're at least they've got some big names doing stuff. I mean they got Malar and Jason Aaron both writing titles for icon. I mean I'd imagine there's some other pretty big names doing icon stuff too. Yeah. I mean it's the same thing when you think about it, like Vertigo is basically DC's version of Icon. Yep. Vertigo has a lot of dark stuff too. I mean Fucking look at Clean Room. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot Clean Room's fucking vertigo. Yeah. And then you got, um, I haven't read it, but I know Why the Last Man is really good. I don't know what all of it's about, but I would imagine there's probably some pretty gritty shit in that or just explicit stuff. Yeah. Savage Things was a, was a vertigo imprint, and that was pretty fucked up. Frostbite. Uh, Joshua Williams. Yeah. Frostbite was. Joshua Williamson's got another one coming out called Deathbed. When's that come out? Okay, yeah, so Deathbed comes out, um, I think, yet this month. I think it was coming out in, like, mid-February, so it might be out, like, next week. Is it a six-issue miniseries? I believe so. Oh, okay, I gotta get it. 
Oh fuck yeah, dude! And that's gonna be Vertigo. So I mean, it has the it has the the potential to be really fucking good. The way I hear it is, it's this guy that was like this adventurer and everything, and like on his deathbed, he has this reporter come that he wants to tell these stories to, and and so that's what it's going to be is this guy that lived this crazy life and he's telling relating these stories to this reporter while he's on his deathbed nice yeah yeah and so yeah I, as soon as i found out that that was going down i added it to my pull list i'm like yes i want this in print yeah yeah seriously he's like he's honestly uh i mean i haven't i've read a little bit of brian k vaughn's early stuff but not a whole lot like i don't know how early he started but i mean i've read i mean you got the early issues of saga um you got runaways he did why the last man which was like a 40 issue or 50 issue series i think yeah and i've heard good things about that but yeah, i've, I've yet heard to, it, to start it i've heard it's really good like i haven't read it either but i need to so i mean like when you think about some of the stuff that he had before he has like how far saga's come he's doing paper girls now like this is kind of like the same start I feel like that Williamson's starting to have. Like, oh yeah. He's his early stuff is is really good in my opinion now, but not many people have heard of it. But I feel like he's on the verge of having some new title that he's going to come out with that's going to start like going for a long time, but then and then all of a sudden his old stuff's going to get really popular. Yeah. Well, and you know with if the movie with Birthright ends up not being a flaming pile you know that, that could do good things for his career yeah yeah because he has he has some great titles that could turn into like a, a, a mini series or a movie or a tv show oh yeah dude all all of his stuff so far would be great fucking shows like i think birthright would be far better served as a show than 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 a movie i mean obviously we've talked ad nauseum about how good nailbiter <laughs> would yeah. be as a series but ghosted would also be good as a series yeah all three of those titles that we just mentioned birthright nailbiter ghosted all three of them would all far better be served in my opinion as a tv show yeah because the way that williamson does does his story arcs are completely different from book to book sometimes like nailbiter you had one overarching huge story arc with the five mini story arcs going on. Um, I feel like Birthright has really just been one big story arc. And Ghosted, each story arc was kind of its own thing, and then it kind of brings it all together at the end. Yeah. So they're all completely different ways that he tells these stories, but he still finishes them all very well. So like that's why they would be really good served as as TV shows compared to just a movie because it'd be so hard to do in one movie. You'd have to do multiple movies and at that point just do a TV show. Yeah. I think Frostbite would make a good movie. Yeah, Frostbite Frostbite would be a good movie. It kind of would be like a it almost feels like Snowpiercer. Oh, okay. Like in a way, like you could kinda of, it'd be kinda of like a Snowpiercer. I know Snowpiercer was a was it a comic or a graphic novel, I feel like? I'm not sure. And that's one of those ones where I've heard really good things about the movie, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I have the movie. It's really good. It's interesting. Um, but I'm pretty sure I know I know it was either a book or a graphic novel before they made the movie. So it made me want it makes me want to go back and read 
if it's a graphic novel or or an um, actual book. Because right it is pretty interesting. I mean, it's a completely different role that Chris Evans plays in this compared to like the happy straight edge Captain America. So, oh, cool! That's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Oh, well, shit. We could probably wrap this one up. Yeah, sounds good to me. We fucking talked about a lot of shit. <laughs> I know. I did not see this going for nearly three hours right. for as skinny as Menorath is. So it's kind of funny that, but yeah, I mean, we didn't even really get there till like two hours in almost. <laughs> we gave everyone the good, the good stuff of this book, but we, we gave you a lot of other random shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was a fun episode, dude. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I always look forward to our comic talk ones. And um, so, yeah, then we'll have to figure out what we're going to do next. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, we can hopefully I'll post uh, or we can get posted at some point, like some of the other Malar World stuff, and then uh, kind of maybe see if people in the future want to join us to try to read some of that stuff. Because I mean, he's got Chrononauts. That, I was just gonna suggest maybe we can shoot for doing like Chrononauts next or something. Yeah, because that's a that's a four issue, right? Or the six? I, no, I think it's just four. Yeah. Maybe five? Four or five, I, yeah. I was thinking four. Yeah, I think it's fours. Yeah, you're right. It's four. That's a great fucking quick, great read. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, I've, I need to read because I've just heard so many good things about his Jupiter's like legacy and circle and stuff. Yeah, I need and, to get those too. And just kind of check those out. Um, and then just kind of go over some of his other stuff because, I mean, everything else that I've read from him, Old Man Logan was great. Um, Civil War... I mean, he's just everything he does is really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know uh, Matt Kirby was telling me that those Jupiter books were good, so we might be able to get him in on some of those. That'd be fun. Nice, that'd be sweet. We'll, we'll and we'll make it easy on him too. We'll record those in the morning our time. Yeah, because he's six <laughs> hours ahead of us. Yeah, <laughs> so I won't make him stay up late. <laughs> yeah, it's always crazy because like whenever I have conversations with him, it's always like eight or nine a.m. my time. <laughs> then, <laughs> Cause it's like, that's like kind of like evening for him. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Look at time zone shit. Yeah. Oh, oh, this has been a blast, dude. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Man. I'm glad we could talk about it. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, thank you all very much for listening until next time. This has been Startcast. If you have any questions or comments on what you just heard, you can email me at startcastpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja, or you can check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash startcastpod. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, I'd like to take a moment to ask you all a big favor. If you enjoy listening to Startcast, please log on to iTunes and leave me a review. It uh, really helps with visibility for the show, and um, I would super appreciate it. If you're not a fan and you want to be honest and tell me how much my show sucks, go ahead and leave me a ruin of those too.